This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's free stuff and stuff. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Celtic Rooms TV, the Balls and Bottle podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Join us tonight. We have Terence, Terence 61, from our phone page of the podcast at www.celticlomas.co.uk. You can also check out all our links to the podcast in the description below. On the show tonight, we'll have the latest gossip and rumours around Celtic, Harry Kew's appointment, and Steve McManus moved to the cold speed team. Interest in Benjamin Segrist remains strong, and what this means for our remaining keepers. Uh, latest fixtures announced. And should the league be extended, Mark will give us some information on the Yotta deal. Referee Barry Madden has left the SBL after announcing he's moving down south. Also, if there's anything you guys would like to wish to uh, discuss, please let us know. Firstly, Mark will do the shout-outs again. Marky. That's all right, Paul. All right, man. Yeah, just again, the usual quick shout-outs to Richie and his family, uh, Tim Alloy and Glasgow Green. They'll just go on with it, know what I mean? <laughs> so the latest rumours around Celtic is that Celtic are, are still looking to sign Dundee United goalkeeper Benjamin Segrist. We will talk about this later on the show. Celtic are still pushing to sign Argentinian left-back Alexander Benary. His club, Lanús, are waiting for a bid for, from Celtic. Lanús are holding out for four million Um but thought that they valued the player at. I believe Celtic came in with a third bit to their mark of 3.75 million. So we'll have to see in the next couple of days if this deal goes through. Celtic target Vincent Sosa is is also a, uh, an interest in Celtic, but the player himself said he hasn't any interest in joining Celtic uh, according to the daily, daily record. His club, KV Michelin, which is owned by the Man City Group, prefer that the Argentinian actually to move to Celtic after talks with both groups involving Mark Law held only on Thursday. Uh, so I, I just want to talk to you about that, Mark. This, the, this club uh, in Belgium is owned uh, by the City Group. And supposedly it was Mark Law, Mark, who wanted saw that to be uh, Celtic's uh, defensive midfielder. According to the Daily Records, you probably saw it. They said he's not interested in coming uh, to the SPL, but I think that's not true. I think um, the Man City group themselves wanted to come to Celtic, not for a permanently, but on loan to see how, how he goes first. So I think Marco could be very interesting uh, with this young lad, Sosa, but he prefers to move to Ajax himself, so... It's a strange one, really, isn't it? It's a bit strange, but I, I don't think he'll end up at Celtic, Paul. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of them. Well, 
let's face it, Paul. He's, where's the, where is it? He's coming for. Uh, Belgium League League One. I don't know. I mean, Ajax. Yeah, into Ajax is a big pull for a young player on that as well, Paul. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know. I've, I've just there was something about it. I wasn't. I wasn't convinced there was any kind of that it was going to happen. And the kind of stories broke. And you looked into it a bit. I thought. I don't think he's. I think he's maybe. I, I hate to say it, Paul. Maybe a bit above a level kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would take a lot of. It would take a lot of persuasion for him like Mark Lawler that to get him to come to Scotland. That's what I'm thinking. Meaning. Could 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 Mark Lawler maybe. Be key to this transfer mark. Could he be the one to get this over the line? You know, be being like, because obviously he knows the player being part of the city group. Like, do you know what I mean? So, do you think I, maybe I think he Mark, get it over the line? I think Low, Mark Low is a, a big part to playing over transfers. To be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, it's like we spoke about maybe using the connections through Peter Low on that to get Mark Low in, but eh. Uh, it's good to use these kind of connections. If Mark Lowe has close enough to him, and he must be, he must be close enough to him because he'll have been arranging thing moves for him and stuff like that over the years. Uh, so if you, you use that to your advantage, if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, just it came out there today. This, this, this young Argentinian Mark, like he's supposed to be uh, the real deal uh, at left back. Uh, this Argentinian that we were going for. You know, uh, it, there was a a South American journalist, Tim Tim Vic, Vicari, has described the Celtics' pursuit of the Argentinian left back as very intelligent piece of scouting, and if they could get low the line, he'd be some business uh, for Celtic. Now I saw clips of him like this fella can can play like dribbling fast, likes moving forward, likes packing, like like we were saying that we want. Uh, a left back who who would suit Andrew's system, no for Craig Taylor, Craig Taylor, Mark Boss. This Argentina fella looks like the the, the left back. That I, well, see when you when you look it up, look him up, Paul. Now he can play anywhere up that left hand yeah. side. Yeah, he there, looks like a kind of wants there, Mark. Don't uh, he's a kind of all rounder doing that left hand side, uh, attacking, defending. So I think he would be an ideal signing for really then. I think that's one I would actually, I would like to see that happen. I really would have looked at the guy a bit. I think they went in, Mark, with another another bit of uh, of 3.75. They won four. They won four. I don't think Celtic will haggle a quarter of a million pound if Andrew really wants to play. No, I think there's going to be add-ons then as well to that then, Mark, so maybe that would bring it up to the... Thank you, Terry, see you there. I am indeed, how are you? Oh, all right. I bother getting through to you there as well, Terms. Thanks very much for coming on again, bud. No worries, let's hope you're keeping well. Ah, we're fine. How are you? Good, no good. Well, good. Looking forward to a new season? Yeah, yeah. It should be, a, should be a cracker, especially with the Champions League and everything. It should be a, should be very exciting times ahead. Mm. <coughs> so, as Celtic don't sign, so as, a, uh, as I said, Celtic are always looking... Uh, four or five players. Uh, the next day, they've turned their attention to Farmer, not in the forest, and Wedding descended from midfielder Alfa Semido. Semido is uh, is allowed to leave his club and parent club Victoria de Grimes. Semido has a contract until 2026 and has signed for the club only last season and has been told he's, he's not requ- his uh, requirements are no longer required at the club. 
uh, Mark, this one, uh, if, if uh, I, I've known, I've known this player from, from playing down Soaks, this is a transfer that doesn't. Um, it's not it's not very uh, exciting. It's no grabbing your things. grabbing It's it's like it's like he only signed last season. Shift out and loan to Redden. Redden had a, an option to buy. They didn't yeah. take it up. Uh, he was on loan a couple of seasons at Nottingham Forest. They let, actually let him go for nothing. So you look at the uh, history of the player mark. It, it doesn't seem to be. It's set you yourself on fire, does it? No, it's not really an exciting prospect they are transferring to. No, I don't really know that much about the guy, to be honest, Paul. Well, uh, like he saw with players anyway. Like, I mean, know, what age is career, he? He's 23, 24, I think. Yeah, 22, 24. Ah, he's a young lad, Mark. Well, so maybe he's just... Seen it, Mark. He'll, he'll he'll not go, he's not going to cost a lot in wages if he's in a free transfer, Paul. So, again, maybe he's just a thought he can do as a turn, maybe... Somewhere in the squad, maybe I don't know. Well, we saw Terence with players who haven't kind of walked out in other leagues and, and came to Celtic and kind of rebuilt their careers at Celtic, didn't they? We seen it previously with Trev- with Cassie Clare and ah, uh, it's a good yeah. place, isn't it, to come and try and do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say though, Paul, in that one, in the with this with the likes of Scott Sinclair, he was he was a good player at. He just maybe it didn't happen for a bit. Maybe I think when we, when he went to City or wherever it was, but mm-hmm. he was always a decent, decent player. You kind of worry if a fella's been shipped about like the way you're saying this guy is. Yeah, exactly. Carter, you say the same about Carter Vickers, could we know? Mm-hmm. True. I suppose you you could. Yeah, I mean it's he's worth a punt, but it, but I suppose he could be worth a punt. The, if if that, it's the biggest thing I'd say is if if it's Ange that wants him, he clearly sees something in him because obviously you could say the same with the Matt O'Reillys and. You know these these individuals. So at the same time, I know I'm going to harp on about something that I harped on numerous times, and it, and you mentioned it the other day, actually, Mark, in the forum. I've seen like Millwall bidding 1.5 million for Lewis Ferguson. Surely, surely, if they're looking for a mid uh, a hole in midfielder or a guy like that, and you're talking about this guy Paul, and he's been moved on and shipped on from mm-hmm, this club mm-hmm. to next club to this club, and the likes of Lewis Ferguson is one and a half million or two million. You're go, you're going you're you're looking at a guy that you know already can do the stuff as opposed to a guy that you're not sure can do it at that level. So, Terence makes a good point there, Mark, don't he? Oh, I, I've said that probably Lewis Ferguson and people are getting on. If Celtic are only looking at the best young players coming through in the Scottish game, it's a dereliction of their duties. And mm-hmm. for me, Lewis Ferguson is the best young Scottish midfielder outside Celtic, and and. Like in Scotland, you know, there's no for me. There's no question about how how good a player he is at this level. Who knows whether he can kick on and become a Champions League level player? But we all say it, the league in the Scottish tournaments now they were bread and butter. We know Lewis mm-hmm. Ferguson. People doubted him at Aki's. He won everybody. Or people doubted if he could make a step up to Aberdeen. He's done it. I mean, some was it Buzz that put up in the forum that he was like the, the most. Goals against as as a single yeah. player the last few seasons and things like that. But, but it's yeah, Brian, Brian in the live chat, he's not a fan. That's who I think that's who I was yeah. talking to on the forum about it. Terms, he's not a fan. He was, yeah. It's, to but me, it's a, for me, see, really, it's a kind of John McGinn situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Mark, this, the, the thing that always bugs me about any sport, where I hear people going, "I oh, well, you know, he he's not good enough. He hasn't experienced it." 
but you can't get experience unless you play in it. Like, it's, it's but where's Ferguson? Has has got has got experience? And I, he's played in Europe, and he's and I'm certainly as you say, he's the best. He's one of the best midfielders. he's the best, if the if he's the best midfielders, Mark, that you say outside Celtic, why isn't he getting in the the Scottish team? You have to look at what's in the midfield. Look at I. You've got Charles McGregor, John McGann. You've Billy Gilmore. You've even the likes of McCamleys. The problem with it, Paul, as well, is the Scottish manager, with the greatest respect, or any manager, there's going to be a level of ignorance there. If you play in the Premier League, you have True. to be superior to a fellow in the SPL. Yeah. It, may not be, it may not be the case, but that's the way they look at it. If Billy Gilmore's playing with Norwich and they're down at the bottom of the league and they're struggling week in, week out. Oh, I agree look, you, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, getting, boot, getting booed off the park. The Norwich fans booed him off the park a few times. It was that bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, exactly, exactly. But, you know, I mean, there there can be the there can be the snobbery that, oh, he's he's playing with Aberdeen and he's playing in the SPL. He, he mightn't be that good. Like, if, think... Lewis Ferguson, if Lewis Ferguson is two million to buy, that's, that to me is a cheap gamble. That mm-hmm. means cheap gamble because he he knows the SPL. He has tons of experience behind him now. Yeah, like I mean, he's played more games with the greatest respect. I'd be nearly sure he has. He played more games than Turnbull. Oh yeah. Oh, but without a doubt, hundred percent, he has. I know. I uh, he has. But would anyone would anyone doubt Turnbull? Yeah, he did. Probably not. But I'm saying, would anyone doubt Turnbull now? And because he's played, he's come from Nottingham, he's played with Celtic for couple of seasons and he's a fine player don't get me wrong but would anyone doubt Turnbull in a European game or anything like that probably not how many and even the guys in the live chat see if Tony Ralston had been playing for Aberdeen or that how many of us would have wanted to sign him probably none Mark Greg, that, I mean what look is at that, Greg Taylor is, no, is that coming now from as, as we say Celtic fans like are we saying that that's what I was just going to say, Paul. We seem to, a lot of Celtic fans seem to have adopted a kind of like like the public kind of attitude that oh they're playing in Scotland, they can't be good enough. If you're a no, player that's shining probably. out in your team in Scotland, you're going to shine out, and you're going to sh- you're going to be you're going to be more than capable of being a good player at Celtic's level in Scotland. If you're mm-hmm. shining out, as as long as you can take a kind of all the stuff that comes with moving to Celtic, but no doubt about it, Ferguson could take any. I mean, he seems a quite Fox enough guy. He keeps his... be like he he'd be able to play at a bigger level as well, Mark, and than Millwall. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but it's probably just a stepping stone for him. Yeah, yeah. But as well, too, Paul, if it likes of Lewis Ferguson or as Mark is saying there, a, a player that's standing out in his own team, whether it be with Aberdeen or Motherwell, whoever it is. If they go to the likes of Celtic, they're going to stand out even more because they've got more quality around them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because obviously, if you come into a team and you're Lewis Ferguson and you're coming from the Aberdeen midfield, and all of a sudden you're coming into midfield with Jota, McGregor, O'Reilly. But the team of all. The team of all. See, then, see if he came to Celtic, then he would get in the Scotland squad yeah, without Mark, a doubt. Do, do you think, well, yeah, though, Mark, the reason, the reason Ange actually is looking at Fogs and is because of Ange's sister? Ferguson likes to kind of move forward as well. That's not maybe the player Ange wants. He just wants the player to sit there, and that's it. And is that part of Ferguson's game? The Ferguson we saw against us, he likes to move forward. See if he's going to play McGregor at that kind of back sitting back position, Paul. 
for me, even Lewis Ferguson in one of the other two positions is a good, a great option. Because you can do that box-to-box So He would be back helping McGregor doing the defending mm-hmm. job. The McGregor isn't up to, and we're all going about Lewis Ferguson isn't good enough for the Champions League and stuff like that. Callum McGregor is going to get tortured in the Champions yeah. League if Celtic play him as a defensive hoarding midfielder, playmaker, whatever you want to. Without a doubt, Callum McGregor is going to get tortured in the, champ- in the Champions League level if they play him there. But if that's where they're going to go, Ferguson, as I said, his goal scoring record, he's got a good engine. He could do a good, real good box to box role for us in, the, in that Celtic team. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a good point here by Brian. Like, is is Ange actually interested in Mark? And I, I've said it, Mark. I don't. I've said it previously. I think it was more a game. I think it would have been more if Peter Lowe had still been there and uh, Neil funny. Lennon had still been kind of manager. I think it would have maybe happened a bit like that. Mm-hmm. If the bottom, yeah, it's right, the bottom line is, but if we can't talk about other players and rumours, then that we may as well just shut everything down. Exactly. <laughs> well, the reason, the reason I would bring it was only bringing it up, Mark, is if Celtic are looking at this this other guy that Paul mentioned and who had been a yeah, Reading yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. and these other things, I, my 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 point is, well, why are you looking at a fella that you're not a hundred percent sure you know can do the job if he's mm-hmm. moving around to so many clubs? And yes, I I agree with the Carter Vickers one, Mark. When you, but when you've got a guy and he's basically the exact same mould, probably better than that guy sitting sitting in your doorstep. You know, if you're looking for that kind of type of player, surely Lewis Ferguson has to be a consideration. That was that that's all I would say in, in regards to that. You know what I mean? The interesting thing about Sumido Mark is that he's a Canadian international still, even though he's not playing rugby at his club, he's still a Canadian international. Well. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying this. Right, right. Well, who, name another one. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Scott, did you... Oh, you wouldn't have seen that. You would see Malika. Malika Fuel Forum in that. He stays over in Spain. We spoke about Malika. Mm-hmm. A few times he had a wee bit of a tough time the other year when his wife passed away and that. So Malika stays over in Spain. And the old couple that had been his neighbours for years, they've, all, they've, they've sold up and moved back to Madrid or something like that. So... Malik is sitting in his, his house in Spain and he hears this Scottish voice there, look, so, and there's a woman and a younger lassie and he assumes it's a mother and daughter. Then the next thing all he hears is, Oh, Scott, you coming to go and get these fucking wains? Or these bairns, it was, these bairns. And he's like, Malik is sitting there like, Oh, I'm going to get out to look at you see who this is in there. So it, it turns out Scott Arfield, his pure chavy misses, the crazy wains, and the mother-in-law have all moved in next door to Malik in Spain. <laughs> you can imagine Malika, you know what I mean? He'll be who have to say to him, you don't start kidding on you don't bother much with football and then get a picture of him or a scarf or something like that. Exactly, and he was sent to beat him, then just put the 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 flag on, on the fence. <laughs> you know what I mean? With a, with a picture of Callum McGregor or something like that. Aye. I've just <laughs> they well share for a week. <laughs> Sorry, just take a drink there. So moving on, Celtic have appointed Harry Kuhl as their first team coach with Steve McManus moving to the court mm. team. Mm. Harry Kuhl played most of his career with England, with Liverpool, Leeds and also played with Turkish side Galatasaray before retiring in his homeland of Australia with Melbourne victory in 2012. His managerial career consists of 2015 to 2016 
Washford on the 23, 2017 to 2018, Crawley Town, 2018, North County, 2020 to 21, Old Melanic, and previously a small stint last season before moving to Celtic, he managed Barnes. Ange was keen to, to reshape his backroom staff, he said this week, and said that Harry Kew brings in a wealth of experience in the, to the coaching staff. He knows the way I like to play, he knows my philosophy. And I'm delighted that he has joined Celtic. Steve McManus uh, could now be the main man in the course team. And it's also, also uh, he will be the main man for the pathway for our young players moving from the course team to the first team. Um, could we also see, there's also going to be a reshape in the course team. Uh, Steve McManus, I think, uh, will actually will be the main man there. Darren O'Dea will be his assistant with McIntyre moving back to his previous squad with our younger players under 19s and under 20s squad. Firstly, Terence, there's a lot of controversy with, with Harry Kuehl of his playing career with Leeds and then moved to Galatasaray. But for me, that shouldn't come into effect here. Like Ange clearly sees that he can bring some to the coaches. That's, we've always said Ange should bring in someone from, from, from his own side. Uh, yeah, you seem to be moving in a different direction with Andrew. Yeah, well, you see, the thing I would say about it, Paul, is everyone was kind of—I don't want to say critical, but everyone was critical to an extent that Ange wasn't able to bring in his own staff. So you can't be critical when he when people are saying, "Well, he can't bring in his own staff," and then when he does bring in his own staff, you're critical of the staff he's bringing in. I understand the whole the whole ethics of what he done with the Leeds Galatasaray thing, but that has nothing to do with Celtic. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't anything to do with anything. Yeah, look, he, he was an idiot for what he'd done, and it, it's not the greatest thing in the world. But what I would say is, if that's the guy, if that's the guy Ange wants to come in, then then happy days. He, ha- he, he, he he's proven he's proven so far that the guys that he's brought in have been successful. So if he thinks Harry Kuehl is going to be the right guy to come in and help him in his in his in his development to getting Celtic on further and further whether it be with the Champions League experience Harry Kuehl has and winning it, stuff like that, then you have to, look, you have to trust Ange, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, the main, that's the main thing. I mean, Ange was originally, at the time when he, when he joined Celtic, I think his, his assistant manager was, was it uh, Muscat or something? Remember, he used Muscat, to play with yeah. there, was, there was rumours that, oh, he, he might be coming as Ange's assistant. Now, obviously, he didn't. So, so, uh, that's fair enough. And maybe they, he didn't come on that basis that it was the Rangers one. But the, the Harry Kuehl one has no has no, you know, direct effect on Celtic, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. from that regard, I, I don't see it have been an issue. <laughs> Mark, you, you were with Falkill on the forum, but outside that, like, we, we have to go over what Ange says. And, and he sees that he knows Harry Kuehl. He knows what Harry Kuehl will bring. You know, Harry Kuehl showed his career. He was a winner with Liverpool, Leeds. Nah, nah, I don't like him. Just, I know, yeah, just I've never, just never liked him for years. We've done that when John Galatasaray, Paul. I've just really got no time for the guy. Mm-hmm. But can you see, see it or as any positive like that? And just well, if Ange wants him, yeah. then that fair. I mean, as I've said in the forum, just because people work for Celtic, Paul doesn't mean you need to like him. Mm-hmm. 
If Ange thinks he can do a job and he comes in and does the job, then fair dues. But I'll, 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 nothing, nothing at all that he can ever do that will change my opinion on him as a man. Oh, I know. I, 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 you know, a lot of people mark back then, like, well, were very disappointed. I remember he moved to Galatasaray from that chance when I, I, I remember Leeds fans, they, they, they couldn't believe it back then. Like, you know what I mean? The, like, Harry Kuehl growing up, Mark, was... You could say he was a Lee's boy from, from the youth system, I mean, do you know what I mean? And see, uh, the way I, I don't really know much of the ins and outs yet, Paul, the kind of deal, right? He's obviously went to them for money. That's oh, yeah, the, obviously, the, when he's been leaving Liverpool, Galatasaray's been the best paying option. Because it's like, if you've got to put, kind of put this down to a kind of Mo Johnson situation, Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. he's an innocent guy's lost a... I know it's nothing to do with actual club and that, but the club disrespected what happened and everything as well, Galatasaray. And for him, out of all the clubs, there's got to have been more than Galatasaray into St. Harry Kuehl, a player as good as he was at the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Nah, just no matter what he does for Celtic, he just, I'll never like a guy. As, mm-hmm. as I've said, Paul, it's a bit like Lee Griffiths. I never liked Lee Griffiths. I liked him what he'd done for Celtic. He was a good player for us in that. But I, never, I mean, honestly, is a, when you look at him as a man, come on. Shocking. But, but, but Mark, if you, looked at, if you looked at most footballers, most footballers with the greatest effect have little or no morals anyway. There are very few, do you want to call it, guys that aren't basically... Like, you'd see things even before, like Neymar was supposed to be going to Real Madrid. He said, there's no loyalty in football. There was a handful of players like your, if you look at obviously now, there's, there's McGregor, Forrest, Celtic, and you have your likes of Scores and Giggs and Carragher and even, I shouldn't be naming his name, the ex-manager of Rangers when he played with Liverpool. There were certain individuals that came through the ranks and they were never going to go whether whatever club came in for them. But then you were, you were guys, and it, it wouldn't bat an eyelid if they were with Celtic and then they went over to Man United and then they got a better offer to go back and join Rangers or you know or you, well, you well, look at Kenny Miller yeah Kenny Miller played no Kenny but, Miller was with was, look, oh, Welsh, okay. uh, well I've never I'm calling you Welsh it was just the actual it was, there was that much an uproar of that when that happened to the two Leeds fans in that do you know what I mean? Mark, all, I mean, they are, I'm not getting, right, getting into it and things like that on, on this, but they have, I've been stabbed at Celtic, a Celtic Rangers game after a 6-2 game. Do you know what I mean? And that, it was that. You just how could, I, I don't know how to put that. There's just so much wrong with going to a club. The, the fans done that. The club disrespected it. Didn't they bother? Galatasaray just totally ignored it. Didn't they? Didn't they acknowledge any minute silence? Didn't they wear a bl- the black armbands and the fans were all singing through minute silence? Isn't that? And it was just pure disgusting. These two. And the thing about it was, it wasn't too. They, we've all seen the World Cup videos. You know, the England fans going on tour and rioting and that. This was like two dads. This was two normal guys mm-hmm. that ended up did going to watch their football team. And then Harry Kuehl goes and signs for that team. You know what I mean? Because you can. It's like I'm not putting. I'm not putting on the level. I'm not putting on the level like I'd say like a, like a high school or your Hillsborough or something like that. But it still affected that full club of Leeds that two of their fans get murdered there in Turkey. A hundred percent. But it's, the problem is, Mark, it's all money oriented. Like uh, aye, you, that's yeah, what I'm. I bet, Terence, would you? Would you honestly? Oh, do you get oh, what I mean? You wouldn't do would, that, but, wouldn't you? Know? No, you wouldn't. And I'll give you a slight example. It's a slightly off the, off the cuff. 
this new golf thing that's going on, this new Livy golf, where a load of players have left the PGA Tour and the whole lot to go to this new golf system. It's run by the Saudi crowd and all yeah, that. Yeah, Saudi crowd, yeah. Allegedly, and I'll say allegedly, to my, I heard a story that apparently all, a lot of the American players that have gone there, uh, um, basically families of the people from 9-11 contacted them to say, I can't believe you've actually gone to play there. Or gone, to, gone, to, gone with that organisation or that side of things. Because they basically see that as American guys leaving American PJ, they go into this the Saudi-led side of things that obviously they believe is with the human rights and all the rest of the stuff and obviously they've brought up the 9-11 thing. This is what I heard this is what I apparently heard a story of that the families of the victims, some of the victims have contacted players, sent them letters to basically say we can't believe you've done that. But they've gone because a guy got $4.7 million last week for one game one tournament. Sports washing terms, that's what they call it these days. I, came, I only first heard it a couple of months ago. It's like this, these these people that have bought uh, Newcastle and that. Mm-hmm. These are these big rich states who are there seem to be buying stuff, like sports things and pumping money into sports to see kind of like clean up their images and stuff like that. Yeah, that and, and, and that's, that's, and that's, as you say, they've got the money to throw about at these places, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Well, that's what I said, Mark. One guy last week, when he won the tournament, he got... Four point seven million for one. That's for three rounds of golf. Not even four rounds of golf. Three rounds of golf. The guy who was last in the tournament got one hundred and twenty thousand. You know, so it's 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 not to be going off the beaten track. But no, the no, but it's the exact same thing. Morrow's got the window. Did get back to Mo Johnson? Yeah, completely. Oh yeah, Mo Johnson's the same. They completely listen. It is. You can you can they can go around kissing badges and. Doing all the bits and pieces, but if some fella flashes enough money in front of them, they'll go, and they'll go, and some of them won't care where they go. If it's for the bitterest rivals in the world, they'll go. And I look, I agree with you, Mark Marley. The whole Harry Kewell thing with the, the uh, there, there's an underlying current there with the whole Leeds and Galatasaray thing. How he how he done that? God and he knows. But again, his whole his whole notion is I, it's, I'm going there for my football career. He clearly doesn't give two hoots about the two lads that passed away. No, and he came out with a load of absolute garbage day saying that he joined Galatasaray, hoping that the move would bring the two clubs closer together and that we could forget their differences and that. Just that pure patronising. Do you get what I mean? Oh. That makes it yeah. all sense. Didn't, really, didn't really sit well with me, it never was, I says, but just because he works for Celtic, I hope he does, obviously I hope he does well, but just because he works for Celtic doesn't mean you need to like somebody. He could be no. Mark. He could be uh, maybe if he does well, and if if we're saying Ange moves up to a uh, director of football, oh, yeah. you know, Mark, <laughs> could be the next manager. Ah, that'll be that'll be right. Huh? But the, the key to for me, we can back like, to we can we can back back to deportation. He bought any beer for arms, Paul. The key for the, with with the appointment, Mark, for me anyway, is with, with the Harry Kuehl appointment is. Steve McManus moving down because he spent last season with Ange. Ange clearly wants his first team system in the court's team. Steve McManus is going to do that and he's going to bridge the gap mark that we always see and say that's there between and, uh, the youngsters uh, can't get into the first team is the pathway and Steve McManus is going to be the man, hopefully, that's going to bridge that gap. 
Well, maybe as well, Bonanza has been working with him. He's noticed that it's like younger players. He's better, better working with. He's got more mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, kind of rapport of that with younger players. But I, I don't think that will really make much difference to the, like the first team kind of set up where McManus is. But I think it's a good thing for the Colts that Angie's, as you're saying, Paul, that Angie sent him down there, saying you've worked for a year. You know how I operate. I want you to just take that down and stay at that kind, at that level. It makes sense, though, Terrence, don't they? Because, like, we've yeah, seen yeah. it for years that, like, there's a big problem with our youth system that they're not getting this way. We saw kind of last season that the Coast team were trying to play the first team, but hopefully Steve McMahon still will be able to implement Andrew's system in there. And, and, not, and, not only that, though, Paul, but he, Steve McManus has had the, the 12 months or, or so with the, with the, the first side. He's going to be able to go down and go to the Colts and go, look, I know what's expected. Mm-hmm. I know what you need to do. You need, and I, just say Frank was saying, he would go to the guy, look, what, that's, not, that's not going to get you in the first team. Yeah. That's not going to get you in the first team. Ange wants a particular person to do X, Y, and Z, and I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and I need you to raise your performance up 20%, 30%, whatever it is. And as well too, Paul, I think as well, the fact that Steve McManus has been with Ange for a year, and there's obviously a good bond between them all, it's probably going to be a lot easier for Steve, Mc, Steve McManus to go to Ange and go. Exactly. You know, you know, say, this young lad, say, uh, uh, Rudy Vatter's young lad, say, look, Ange, you should have a look at this guy. I know he's probably looking at him, but look, he's really, he's really come on leaps and bounds. You know, you know he's, he's a guy that maybe could be stepping up for the first team training or possibly uh, the, the uh, whatever you call it, the, the League Cup game or something like that. And I think the fact that Steve McManus has been there for a year Ange might be able to go to him and Ange might have the, the notion of going, yeah, look, I've a lot of faith in what Steve does. I'd likely to value his opinion a lot more than no offence meant than the guy who was originally in charge if there wasn't that close communication between the two of them. So, maybe it, so it looks it could be, a, could be a very positive thing for both sides. <laughs> the key marketing with uh, McIntyre is that, what, what, what I've kind of read about McIntyre, is that he's great with the kids, Aye. the younger levels. He's great at spotting them, bringing them through the youth systems, uh, and and that's maybe his level, as as to managing the course team. Maybe it wasn't, and that's why Mark Mans has gone down. And Darren O'D, I think, is going to be staying there as he's an assistant because he knows Mark Mans as well. I think I think Martin Tyler was maybe a, a bit uh, held back here. Probably be like pigeonholed with that job. Jackie, I think uh, he's, uh, he's a bit of a mere He's a kind of director of football at youth level, isn't he, mm-hmm, Paul? That's mm-hmm. the kind of job that he was doing. Because, yeah. mate, we spoke about this last summer. We thought they would have been bringing in a like, new, man, a new manager to block after the course. Of, uh, of, of Hughes going there, Mark, last mm-hmm. season. Remember that? Aye, and just kind of fell into it. For his role, of that the club, Mark, was kind of youth development. That's where he was kind of involved in things like he was like kind of bringing the young players in and kind of position where they're going to go within the club you get me you know that was kind of his position and he was never if you look through his history he was he was never really a manager Char- i was me? never really in charge of one one mm-hmm. team or one squad paul i he was mere a kind of as I said, I think a director of football yeah. the youth system he's been a celtic for donkey's years as well yeah. my tire hasn't he yeah, himself and he's there, Mark, as long as Max Day has been there, the Max Day's 
he was there since Denison, but my next day's father wasn't this. Was there? Is he still there? I don't know. I, to be honest, Paul, I don't know if William H.D. is still there. Yeah, but McIntyre's been there. Aye, he's been, been, been there that long, like, the time, yeah. aye, aye. You know, like, it's good in a way that... And... We, we actually never know, Mark, if, if maybe Gordon Strachan kind of suggested this when he came in as supposedly consultation lord. We, we don't know if he went to Ange and said something here that there needs to be proper contact between the Colts team and the first team. Like, there, there could have been stuff going on behind the scenes, Mark, that we don't know about. But the main thing, Terence, is that they, they saw that that was the big problem and Ange rectified us. You know, the, the, yeah. oh, sorry, Tim. Soon you go, but no. yeah, and you're right, Paul. But well, probably what we're seeing now is what we were all hoping mm-hmm. for the start of the season last season. The structure is slowly, slowly but surely coming into with it, with the sports science is coming in now, and just getting his team, and he's he's basically filtering guys down to make sure that he gets the proper team in the codes. And it could be a case that 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 McIntyre fellow was like to an extent, like like the Tony Ralston. They had no, we had only run right back, so we had yeah, to join him. Exactly. So we had no one to look after the Colts. Only this Maybe guy then like we had no manager as well, because yeah. at the start of the season, it was all exactly. kind of washed together. Yeah, so it was kind of the case of, look, Tony, will you, can you run the Colts for the season? That's the impression I got. That's the impression I got. Terms who kind of just fell into the kind of job. Well, Mark, you yeah. know, the, the, the biggest the problem for me, Mark. No, it's good about it. We're, we're freshening things up. Yeah, but Mark, the biggest problem for me, though, Mark, is... I'm foreign Celtic for a long, long time. I've been on your forum for the last 10 years, all right? And in the 10 years uh, on the forum, Terence, who's been there, the lads in the live chat have been there, Betsy's been there for a long time on that forum page. We've been saying the problem is there in a huge system for the last 10 years that there was no pathway for players for 10 years. And it takes one man to come in uh, and see that in one year, Mark. Do you get me? That's a big problem, isn't this? That this could have been sorted out a long, long time ago. I, Paul, it's things that we've spoken about, as I've said for years now. I'm not going to start heart more again about a director of football, but it's, this club's been structured, Paul. It's no stru- Celtic want to be seen as a big club, but they're not but they're running not, like Mark, a big they're club. They're, 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 you can't be a big club, Mark, if, if, if you don't have things in place. That no. Actually, is, is, and that's what I take, Mark. Angie's probably come in here. Probably there, there's a lot of behind the scenes that Angie's probably maybe thought to himself, what the f*** going on here? Well, Why is this happening? Why has this been Mark, run like this? Who, could, do you think uh, Mark Lawrence's appointment, Mark, could freshen things up even more? Well, that'll be the scouting system. That'll be the yeah. scouting system in that he'll mere look into, Paul. We don't... Uh, like a scouting... And, like the recruitment side of things, but when it comes to the coaching and that, well, that, that'll probably come down to Ange, Ange again. Terence, do you want to come in there? Yeah, but a major a major problem, Paul, is something that I, I definitely, Mark has brought up on loads of occasions on this. You're saying maybe the last 10 years. Look at the managers in the last 10 years. None of them would give you the chance. The only one that gave you the chance was Ronnie Dahlia. Exactly. Like, like, Callum McGregor was loaned out to the likes of North County when Lennon was there. He wasn't giving him the game. Um, and we it, said if it, Lennon got, would, was still there, Callum McGregor yeah, would have been sold. Yeah, Tierney. You have to remember, Lennon was there for two stints. Rogers was there for a period of time as well. So, like, there's a lot of years adding up there between them. It was only when Ronnie Dully came in that he, he, he gave... 
he gave Tierney, he gave McGregor, he gave, obviously he brought in Iyer. So he was willing to give younger guys a and goal. And look at them, Terence, like, like, fair enough to watch. It's like, he, he wanted us to call Jubilins and stuff like that and the treble trebles. But, like, he was coming in as a top-class manager and still wasn't able to fix up the structure of the club. Was that down to peace or Lord? It's a combination, Paul, but the first team manager's job is the first team. Yeah, exactly. Everything outside, he doesn't he doesn't care one iota if no one comes through the courts. And I'm sorry, Rogers wouldn't care one iota if no one came through the courts. If someone exceptional came through, they might look at them. But realistically, if he needs if he needs a left back, he's buying a left back. If he needs a left winger, he's buying a left winger. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give that young lad in the courts a go. He's just not. So, you, I mean, and, and, I only go tell us before you were finished there. No, and when they're when they're pushing at that stage, Paul, and they're going into their seventh or eighth title in a row, there's no way some young lad in the course is going to get a game. There's no chance he's going to get a game. Like, the only mm-hmm. two I can remember that they brought in, Rogers brought in for one of the last games of the season, is that I think he brought in he brought in Mikey Johnson and he brought in Ralston. I think for a game. I think, I could be wrong now, I'm sure someone can correct me, but I'm nearly sure he brought the two of them in for a game. Near the, near the end of the season but Lennon would never give a chance Rogers wouldn't have given a chance so, like, Rogers was there for a, a, a period Lennon was there for two periods it was only Ronnie Daly gave a guy a chance you know what I mean and the, the, the guys above then you know with Lowell and then it was only the first team was the concern Paul they were going for 10 in a row when they get 6, 7, 8 for me that, that they were, if they needed a player they were buying a player they weren't going to give a guy a chance mm-hmm. right thank you I was going to say, but see if you're look, but see even when Ange moves on and stuff like that, see if you're looking down to England for a manager, it's a checkbook manager. I mean, the real is, Paul. Mm-hmm. We've discussed the other week. We were talking about Jurgen Klopp. Mind there was all this thing about how Jurgen Klopp's built this wonderful Liverpool team, apparently on buttons. You know, well, and, and he spent. Well, I, I, I told you something interesting about that, Mark. That that I, I was actually speaking to. Uh, well, who was he? He was actually he was a Chelsea fan, and, and he said people are going on to about Jurgen Klopp buying these players on, on on a smaller budget than Chelsea, Man United, and, and Man City. And if you look at the club, they have the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. They have the most expensive defender in the world, and now they bought the most ex- expensive attacker in the world. In in, in the fellow Nunes, so. When you say he's more than a team, he's not. And see when you think about it as well, I mean, they've got, uh, who, who in that Liverpool team's come through their youth system? That Terence Trent Derby guy. Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's a few there. He's garbage. He's garbage, right back, they've got that guy. Absolute garbage. Yeah. You know, that like, is it. And it was, I mean, mind your, your, ball, your pal, eh, Paul, PJ Dykes, mind he was on the. When they announced, uh, and she said that he talk, spoke to Mark Hughes that morning and he would have took the job. Mark Hughes would have come in here and wanted millions to spend. And you can see the exact type of manager that Terence is describing, what Rogers was. Mark Hughes mm-hmm. wouldn't have been any different to that. Because mm-hmm. that, all these, as I say, here all the, these type of managers are, fo- all they're focused on is bump that first team. Like they can't see you, by that. Do, do you agree, though, with the system that, that's there now? All right, with Nixon and there seems to be a good relationship between the two then. But do you agree with it's like what Ange says goes and he gets? Do you agree with that, or are we making too many 
decisions rely on Ange and, and the clubs don't seem to be making decisions. It, it, it seems to be Ange. And, and as you said, Mark, the worry is that there's no top dog in place to, to, to actually run the football like a dagger of football. If Ange goes... Everything falls apart, aye. You know, we stand up and watch Mark, he took half the backroom stuff. Maybe that's just fair the now, Paul, and it'll get addressed in the coming months, I don't know, but I've said that all the time. We seem to have got all our eggs in the Ange basket. I mean, somebody on the forum the other week said to me, what was it, we don't need to get a director of football and we just need to get Ange's doing the job well now. But if you're bringing a manager, the manager's job isn't to be in charge of scouts, be in charge of the youth set-up, be in charge of the women's set-up, be in charge of contract negotiations and whether we should give them an extension or let them go or so. That's not really the manager's kind of remit. And that's the director mm-hmm. of football does. And that, what Terence is saying, that lets managers concentrate on the first team. But Angel always, even if he did bring in a director of football, Paul, Angel's always going to have, a wee, have his input and his say on what's going on. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the ideal situation. But what we need is a director of football that works well with Ange the new and then when the time comes whether Ange wants to move on, leave, whatever, drops deed with a heart attack or gets hot with a bus, it doesn't really affect how Celtic as a club operates. Because I would have changed Mark he, he would have worked with director of football anyway, because if you look at the Man City groups, they all have director of footballs within their clubs. Aye, I mean you're all going there. So I'm just I'm, I'm just answer, I'm just answering Patrick here, he's talking about Gabriola, he's won nine titles but in twelve years. Somebody brought that up on the forum we were talking about director of football and said Gabriola does it. Gabriola doesn't it's that I can't even Try to pronounce his name, Paul. That corrects a Bergstein or something like that. Isn't yeah, Bergstein. Yeah, Bergstein. It's him. Yeah. That's Man City's director of football. Every big club's go go that kind of setup. The he, the head coach or the manager, they come and go, he's and the club he's, just he's keeps moving Mark on. Since, um, he's there, Mark, since Mancini was there. Since since Mancini, the manager first. He's there. He he was the fellow who got rid of uh, Alvin Grant and brought in Mancini. Instead of having Grant, so he's there. He's in Manchester a long, long time. It's actually Gladiola's the longest manager Manchester City had in their history. Oh, there you go. You know, so like it says, it, 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 it says a lot, like about Man City, like don't this? I see. We're talking about how even, even if it is Ange that's driving this kind of stuff behind the scenes moving people about to suit the kind of job system maybe with the case yeah, of McManus Ange's got Ange's got to be that's what I mean Ange's got to at some point turn around and say to the board we need a director of football mm-hmm. that's what we do you get what I mean all that's tinkering with coaches and that but if Ange's this kind of modern thinking manager that we like to think he is and he likes to portray and he's help modernise the club and drag it back into the new century. Now, at some point, Ange's got to say, we've, we need a director of football. Every big club in the world's got one, and we're known. We're, I'm getting weighed under with this. I'm dealing with things that I shouldn't, I shouldn't need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we... I'm the devil's advocate here. Are you yeah. sure Ange wants a director of football? I don't think so, Terence. Um, what because I'm thinking is going to happen, right? Michael Little's previous job description was all to do with contracts mm-hmm. he was he was in the legal side of it so he was involved in contracts every player that signed going either way he had a major input in it a major input in it now he obviously 
in my opinion, seems to be doing a fantastic job behind the scenes because he's a guy we don't hear, we don't see, but stuff is getting done. Like there's, like there's no, I understand what you're saying, but I, if we're bringing in the sports science guy and we're bringing in Harry Kuhn and we're bringing in other guys, there's, there's, there's no way that that's not happening without Michael Nichols uh, having a massive role to play in it. And maybe it's the case, I, and, and it looks from the outside in to all of us that it's Angie's doing, he's taking it all on his own, on his own plate. What I think is, is, is going to happen, and <laughs> I mentioned a few weeks ago, Mark, is the fact that Jay Lahav will step into a more senior role and maybe he will step into some kind of football operations role like he did with Arsenal. I uh, could do that, Paul. He was a Brighton Mark. He was kind of in a similar role. He looked after football operations. It was always temporary that he was looking after our scouting department because we'd no one there, Mark. That seems to be the Celtic way for a couple of seasons is kind of throw people into these positions till they actually find someone. To be honest, Paul, don't be surprised if Mark Lawwell is wind up doing it. He's come from a massive organisation where he knows the running of it. He's in certain areas, I'm not 100% sure what he was necessarily doing, but there'd, there'd be not, it probably won't be a huge step for him to go into that director of football role. If he's, especially on the other side of it, is if he's a good already working relationship with Ange, if he was supposedly, like some people have said, uh, involved in saying, Chica Celtic, look, whether it was his father and him involved with the whole, look, Ange is a guy you should go for. If there's already that there and there's a good relationship going, and there's a good relationship with Michael Nichols going, you know, the, the, there could be a lot of things going on in the background that doesn't look very clear to us on the other side. And it could be a very simple case that, yeah, Mark Lawwell's job is this. He's going to be involved in the director of football side of things. And Ange is going to be involved in running the football club. And Michael Nichols is going to be involved in running the Celtic as a PLC. Maybe just the three of them terms are going to pull together and find a director of football job between them. They might, they might have their own. They might have their own mark, if you want to call it subcommittee. That basically Mark Law is out. He's doing the scouting with the head scout that they have there now. He's and Ange is obviously looking at players, and he's saying, "Look, Ange, Ange might say, well, look, I need a middle mid. I need a whole midfielder. I, I know this guy in Japan, and I've seen this guy. Can you look and get guys to come back with me? And obviously, scouts are going to come back with stuff. And maybe the three of them are going to sit down and go, look, yeah.'" No, no, I'm not sure about him. Yeah, I really like him. What's the story with him? Can we get him? Could we get him? Because because so far, everything that they've done has been exceptional. And I said that, I said that Michael Nichols, he's the, he's the polar opposite to what was there before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he is a guy who is constantly in the headlines and constantly in the television and constantly in your face as in Mark Lawwell's father. He's, he's, he's not to be seen, not to be heard, running the football club, doing a great job. Ange wants this. For all we know, he goes, yeah, look, we can sort that. Ange wants this. Yeah, we can sort that. And there's obviously a, clearly a great working relationship because every time a player is signed or something good happens, one of the first people that Ange is, is, is straight away to thank or to talk about is, is Michael Nichols was involved in this and Michael Nichols was involved in that. So yeah. there, there's, obviously something, there's obviously a great bond between the two of them. And maybe the Mark Lawwell one is going to come into that, as you said, Mark, and they'll... They'll they'll have their own, they'll be a, a a group of if you want to call it uh, football directors or directors of football or whatever you want to put it and maybe run it that way I don't know but you know at the minute it seems to be working so far anyway. 
just going, Mark, what you're saying there, uh, when Brian asked the question there, uh, do, do Rangers have a director of football? You're right, it's, it's Ross Wilson, but he's called sports director. It's sports director, so like, I think it's Manchester United as well have football operations or uh, something yeah, like that. Just, so there's different names. Uh, yeah. uh, it's just one uh, to play into, really. We've said that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, moving on, uh, there's interest again between Celtic and former Dundee United keeper who is now on a free transfer, Benjamin Segrist. Uh, we're, we're led to believe by by the papers this week, Terence, there's, uh, there's talks on going between the two parties. My question is, I'm kind of puzzled, like, is that we always knew, and Celtic knew, that Segrist was going to be in a free transfer at the end of the season. It puzzles me why we gave Bain a new contract in January, and when we have an upcoming new keeper, who I rave about in young Tor Alawebi, I'm just, like, I can see why we want to sign... Benjamin Seagas, because he is a good goalkeeper. He, 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 we've seen that throughout the SBL. We've yawned something. But where does it leave Bain and young Toby with his development? Uh, well, for me, if, if they go from and they get him, I, I know, I know like I saw Mark Postman as well about Bain signing the new contract. It would mean that Bain would surely be, be moved on. And obviously, the young lad Toby would still be there to. To develop under Joe Hart and in this case Segrist as well. Um, and look, if it, if it's there and Celtic can do it, they got they got to take it because like if if Joe Hart was to get injured in the second game or the season or whatever game, and you were to put stick stick, stick Scott Bain in, would you be overly confident? Would you or would you prefer Benjamin Segrist in there? You know, it's it's an easy answer for me. Like you know. You'd stick in, you'd stick in Segrist, and you'd be, you'd be quite confident with him in there. Maybe the case, Paul, that he was, he had been heavily linked with a move to Rangers when he was, when he was, there were talks of maybe signing a pre, pre contract at Rangers when he went in last year, and maybe Celtic just thought, hey, we're not going to get this guy. He looks like he's going to them, and maybe they just thought about the Bain, and he was, ha- Bain was probably happy to be a play second fiddle to Joe Hart. You know, I don't know, but. But that's that's what I would think of it. But if he's available, they have they have to try both. He's a massive upgrade on Scott Bain by a mile. Like, mm-hmm. Matthew, I, I was I was just questioning but signing Segrist, Paul. Forum, no, I think a couple of guys seemed to thought I was having a pop at Segrist. One more question about the, the keepers, Mark, that are there. Ah, it's a kind of well, we've got ready back. We've just got ready back, guys. I just I don't I don't understand why Celtic gave Bain a new contract if they knew I mean we only signed that in January Paul so Celtic must have known should have known five six months ago that we're going to be looking for another keeper unless Bain's been in I don't know maybe he's got at that time maybe Bain's regretted signing it it's just it's just a really strange one because. If just as well, but I totally agree, Terence. I, I'd much, much rather have Segrist sitting on the bench if Joe Hart got injured. I totally agree with that. I was not questioning his ability. But, but, but there's, there's going to be an issue, I think, with, with, with Toby down in, in the Colts League, Mark, is because, well, there are no rules that you can only have three foreigners now playing in your Colts team. And they, they mostly have to be home-based 
players. That's the new rules of the Lowland League. So we're going to have Tobies from England. There's Bosman Law. There's, there's, there's the young lad Vesa. There's the young lad Oshu. I mean, there, there's a lot of players there, Mark, who aren't going to be getting game time because of these new rules. And he could fall into that category that he Celtic might have to pay a Scottish-based goalkeeper. Do you get me? Surely, surely. Sorry, go on, Mark. Sorry. No, I've just. Who's he going to play then? There's, there's, there's other young goalkeepers that are marked 17 and 16 goals, but my biggest problem with this uh, Seagrass deal is that I, I can't care less about Bain. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's the young lad, uh, Toby. I'd be what, Mark, as I said to you, Mark, there's, there's clubs down south. He's even getting into his England sale on that as well, Paul. Yeah, There'll be plenty he, of scouts. I mean, every scout in the world probably watch watches them, England they're, they're just players watch, in yeah, that eye. They're, they're watching like and. But even, see, I mean, even at, I, I mean, but Paul, you'll know better than me, it's Toby at maybe the stage that he should maybe go and loan for a year. I think, I think, Mark, if, if, if we're holding on to Bain, I think Toby has to, but is that putting him then, Mark, in the shop window? Do you get me? Aye, the, and then, the, and then Bain's the just got, Bain, that's Bain, don't you? Just basically being a barcast type of figure, just yes. out in the wilderness. Do you know what I mean? I really, I don't, it's just strange. Because when last season, Ange, Paul went to the first team to work closely with Joe Hart, specifically Joe Hart and Steve Woods because of the experience of Joe Hart. He wanted Toby to be training with him. And that's the issue. Like, if, if they're bringing Seagrass, Mark, that's three keepers then uh, that Woods has to think in, can it look after? And does this hinder his development? you get me? You know, there, there's far against the Seagrass thing. Like, a lot of Celtic fans are will be delighted they signed him, but they're not looking at what's happening, what's going to happen with with this young lad. Do you get me? And I, and I don't want him because of all the players that that have left, Mac. I I would be really really upset if if if, if Toby left Celtic because Mark, I've been, I've been talking to him since he came to the club when he was a 16 year old. If you know that, since we signed him when he was 16, you know, but, I'd be very think- upset. Two questions, Paul, you might be able to answer for me. One, you're saying about the home, uh, you have to be from the home nation. Uh, are you saying they have to be only Scottish? Surely surely the thing would be Irish, English, Scottish. I was going to kind of say that maybe the home nations type no, idea is actually grown, just grown, Scottish, no, aye? Homegrown, yeah. Homegrown Scottish, yeah. Just just Scottish, but sure. I think so. I'd have to look into it definitely and I'd put no, up the no, phone. I, yeah, because I know, obviously, remember years ago there was always that rule that there was the three foreigners thing years ago. No, because that was the one thing I noticed was they put up the likes of Bosman Law and young Toby and 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 uh, the young yeah. lad Vesa. That, that they, they could fall, uh, they could fall from Celtic's courting because of this rule. Do you get me? That, that's just a stupid rule, then. But however, that's one. That's one. the second question I would say to ask you, Paul. Is if we didn't sign your man, and and would you be very very confident that that young lad, if Joe Hart got injured? in the first or second game, that he come in and do a job in in the league and then a job in the Champions League? Well, I would, I would prefer him than, than, than Bain. Oh, listen, I'd, be, I'd prefer you than Bain. Do you know what I mean? Because, I, because Terence, like, he's caught up to the England under-21s and he's only playing in in the Colts team in Celtic. He's caught up to England 21s. So, obviously, there, oh, there's something there if he's caught up to England 21s and he's only 19. Do you get me? Well, I agree with you. And listen, as I said, I'd prefer you and goals than Scott Bain. So don't worry about that. Like, but you know, because that's was, the biggest problem. Like, you know, 
But my, my biggest fear is if you have a young lad like that and he's only 19 years of age and he gets thrown in at the deep end. And, he, but, and, for, and for argument's sake, he has, it's a Champions League game or something like that. And but you look at the, you look at the Irish lads. There are no terms with uh, Benazunu moving to Southampton. He's only 20. And he's going to be coming there. Number oh, one no, keeper, decided for 15 million for Man City. Do you oh, get me? I'm, I'm, if he's I'm ready, not, he's ready. Do you get me? 100% I agree yeah. with you. But your man's, your man's obviously, Zomu's playing, playing, he's a full international. I'm not saying young man Toby isn't. But I'd love, if, they, if they're that confident, I'd love to see him even put him in in a few, whatever they call him. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I thought that if he had those three keepers next season, that maybe he, he, he would get a run, we say, in the cup games terms. Do you get me? But no, he's not because if we're going to sign Segrist, Segrist but she's that thing. People say that on the forum or you play cup games. But Ange never seems to entertain that kind no, of idea, Disney. No. But what's no. he going to do now, Mark, with Segrist? Like, it's like you 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 made a point, Mark. Like, if Segrist signs, is he going to be happy in the bench if 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 uh, if Ange continues to do what he did last season? I, I'm not sure being in there. <laughs> Even at that point as well, Seagrass signing Seagrass, you've got, I mean, even if he gets to cup games, they're just going to sit there for the rest of the season. And own the, I, I kind of question that, Paul. I question Seagrass for that. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, there was talking Man United and that, we're in for him and that. There's a big difference of being happy to sit on the bench at Celtic or being happy to sit on the bench in Man United, mm-hmm. as we spoke about earlier, and it would be a big bit of a difference to your bank balance. I just don't... I really can't understand Seagrass' approach to this, why he's will if he, if he does sign, why he's willing to come it's, here. It's, it's clearly that Hart will be number one. He was given the number one jersey next season. He was number one jersey that Hart has left Hart, like, unless now they're telling him that, look, it's off for grabs with Hart, you know what I mean? It's off for grabs, number one spot for it no, but it's no fault like into it. They might be telling him that, but really, it's no really, is it? You know, that's like fans. that's that's basically like signing a midfielder and saying, look, I play with three midfielders. You you need to fight for one of the spots. You're no, you're fighting for one of the two because McGregor's going to start every game. The, the biggest thing, Mark, for Seagrass is with Dundee United, Mark. He was constantly under pressure. No offense to. Dundee nice and stuff like that, but there were constantly shots in it. With Celtic, Mark, you're not getting those shots constantly. Do you get me? Your concentration has to be there. Aye. Do you know what I mean? And one, another thing, Mark, that concerned me was what Jonas said, Mark, is that he's not good with his face. Do you get me? So that's, that's another reason, Mark, why, 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 why I think it's strange that we're winning for him is because of the things you also tend to say that he doesn't like at the ball at the free. He likes putting the ball up, up, like boot the ball away. Do you get me? We've spoken about Seagrass for about a year here, Paul, uh, us and when Jonas has been on in that. And I think everybody agreed that he was a good keeper, but everybody also, everybody also agreed, everybody also agreed, Paul, that wouldn't we couldn't see him coming to Celtic. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody said, oh, he's a good keeper, aye, great keeper. And everybody says, oh, he'd be a good backup to Bain. But nobody thought, eh, a good backup to Hart. But nobody actually thought that it would happen and that Seagrass would be happy to come. Do you get what I mean? Why is he, I can't, that's what I mean, I can't understand why Seagrass is happy with this move. Well, I, 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 I,
But if he's coming, if he's coming though, Mark, he's 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 obviously going to have a long chat with Ange, and he's obviously whatever whether it's the financial thing or whether it's whatever reasons he's going to come because there's no doubt he's going to have plenty of offers down, whether it be championship teams in 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 England or the ba- or a bench in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't think he'd be a first choice for many Premier League teams, uh, terms. No, but no, I think but he's, he's a, a good enough backup down there. But he'd get a, he'd definitely get a start in a lot in a lot of the championship sides, but definitely. So I I could I could understand if if one of them went for him and if he went there. But if he if he does come to Celtic and he knows that he's going to be coming in as the number two, there's no question about that. Like so he, he, he obviously he obviously Paul he obviously has a reason for coming because he's obviously going to have a conversation with Angie. Angie isn't Angie isn't the kind of guy that's going to go around and go, yeah, look, you're likely to get a few games. He's just going to say to him, look. Joe Hart's my number one. If he's get injured, you'll come in. Otherwise, you'll be pretty much you're not going to play. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine Andy would say it any other way than that. Like, and if your man still wants to come, then your man's happy to sit on the bench. He has to be. Otherwise, it makes no sense in him coming. But you then, know, like, yeah. But then you're going back to the point in why well, give Bain for the contract? Do you get me? Unless they actually want to get a transfer for Bain. No, I, it's, would, would, can, can we see Dane going the other way, Mark? That he's always said that he wanted to go back to Dundee. Well, I don't. I can't see that now, Paul. Dundee United were looking. I don't know if they signed him. They another keeper lined up. I can't even remember mm-hmm. who it is. But as I said on the forum as well, there was talk that uh, who is it? Scott Brown's Fleet, Fleetwood, Fleetwood into that they were looking for a keeper. Uh, their main keeper might be getting sold or he's out of contract or something. I kind of put two and two together and thought maybe they would come in for Bain. But, th- I mean, let's face it, if you go, eh, Jonas and Mikey and that said as well, but, uh, Paul, that he's a bit like a home bird for Dundee, isn't he? He's always in mm. Dundee and stuff like that. We're not going to get a transfer fee off a Scottish team for Bain. No. That's, that, I mean, that's, that, that's it. So that's like we gave him a contract to get money for him. Because if he doesn't fancy moving down to England... That's us stuck with him, if it, unless it's out and loan up in Scotland. There's no way in the world we're going to get any kind of money for him up here. No chance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think anyway that if, if Seagulls does come back, that like you're going to have... What would they be on, Mark? Ten grand? Yeah, but eight, eight, in the eight to ten bracket, Paul. Sitting there like... Taking the wage, man, for doing it. Look, it's, it's no fault to be, Mark. Do you know what I mean? He's taking the wage. Do you know what I mean? But no, he's quite entitled to. Yeah. You know, I just, I just don't see the... the, the, the I, I see Zaluska uh, all over this transfer. And that's what I think will turn out. I don't think maybe... And I'm going to get hammered here. Like, I've watched Segris, Mark, and he, he did let in simple goals for Dundee United as well last season. Balls go to, I don't know. I'm not. I won't be overly excited about it. Well, maybe, maybe Ange just thinks that obviously Bain's number one. They've they extended. Ah, Hart's Hart, number Hart, one. Oh, sorry, Hart's Hart, number I, one. I know I was getting them mixed up as well. We have yeah. terms. Sorry, Hart's number one. They extended Bain's contract because for whatever reason they thought they needed a they needed a backup, and obviously now with your man's availability, maybe they didn't think they could get him, and now they can get him. Maybe they think they have to go for him. And I personally think if they did get him, Paul, it would be hard to be the one. Seagrass would be number two, and probably that young Toby lad would be three. I don't think, I don't, I don't think they'd they want Bain anywhere near. I just, I just think they were left with no other option. But the, like it was either Bain or Barkas. Like I mean, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, that's some options. Like you know what I mean? 
That's horrific, mm. like. That's like, I don't know, that's like two Stevie Wonders and goals, like. No chance, like, you know what I mean? So maybe maybe that's the reason they're going to Seagulls and they'll bring the young Latobi. So he'll still be third choice. They might just say, look to Ben, maybe just push him off or put him on loan or or just do something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Seagulls sign, to be honest. I think he'd be a great backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, because I fucking get mad. <laughs> Uh, the league fixtures have been released uh, last Friday. Celtic would open their home game. Is it the 30th or the 31st? Is it there? 30, 31st. 31st is Sunday. At uh, 4.30 Celtic flag where they will raise the champions flag. Uh, the 6th of August then we have Ross County away. The 13th of August we have Kilmarnock away. Hearts are home at the 20th of August. The 27th of August we have Dundee United away. And then the 1st Glasgow Derby against all four wins the Taurus September at home. Uh, so Just to cut in near the Newport West, Patrick McLaughlin on the live charts, worth the watching, I reckon. You know, another podcast. Yeah, he said, don't compare. <laughs> but watch, watch this space, Patrick, is all I said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tough fixtures, uh, a t- tough opening game, Terence, you think, against Aberdeen? Um... Not a, not a, not when they're not when the first day when they're, they're going to be unveiling the flag and players will be mad for road and you'll be mad for road they'll be mad they'll be mad to get off the flying start I I I I wouldn't I wouldn't think so I think I think he'll I think he'll have them raring to go to be honest I'd be surprised if they didn't win it comfortable enough to be honest with you Paul if it was a, obviously if it's away from home it's a different kettle of fish but it's obviously been champions just at home. I, I would expect Celtic to win win comfortably enough. Mark was like last season, like uh, at the start of last season, everything would just just seemed so rushed getting Angie and getting players in. Players were taking that a bit longer to gel with this kind of kind of mixed results at the start of the season. We're expecting more players to leave, kind of towards the end of the transfer. Do you, do you think that would have no bearings now, Mark, that he, the cure the of the first team is there? That these players are just coming in to add to that? that they, well, I mean, they I'm, I'm expecting Celtic to commit the traps flying, Paul, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just, I've seen a, a full pre-season under Ange, we've no qualifiers for Champions League to distract us and stuff like that. And everything, everything the new, Paul... I mean, we're not. We've only playing any European football if it's September into the mm-hmm. Champions League starts. So that month of August, total concentration on just starting right away to dominate the league for day one. There's nothing else on their mind apart from starting to dominate that league again. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no excuses. It, they have everything in place. Everything they have, all the players that they they are barring the odd few they need to bring in, but all all the uh, all the Japanese lads. Will have had a good rest. They wouldn't, you know. Everyone would be fully, fully rested. As Mark is saying, there, there's no pre-qualifiers. There's no nothing. I'd be the same as Mark. I, I expect Celtic to be absolutely hopping off the ground for the first game. Mm-hmm. To come back for pre-season, does the start coming back? I think it's the 27th of this month, Paul. Yes. Obviously, the players, the players in validation weeks have another week or two off. Aye, aye. I mean, that, that's a full, a full month that the players are going to have as a pre-season. We need, obviously there's like friendlies in that set up, but need, as I said, qualifiers and stuff like that. Need real pressure on them. Just stick in there at their training and work work away with Ange to get the team, as we terms have said, just flying out the traps at the start of the season. Yeah, 
I don't see. I see honestly, Paul. I don't see any team beating us. <coughs> excuse me, beating us at home next season. I don't. I'll say that the new. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Like what about the first derby though? Last last season's first derby, uh, we lost. What you think? Maybe kind of looking at the derbies last season, Mark. Do you think maybe Giovanni Bronk? Like this is my fair mark with 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 Andrew's system. Is that? Do you think maybe managers know how to play against Andrew's system now? And like we said that he doesn't have a plan B. But do you think maybe? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, I don't think so, Paul. I, I, I don't think I just get a kind of system, Paul. I don't think it's something you can counteract without just packing your defence, which we've seen up umpteen times over the years for like teams playing against Celtic. That is the only way I can see any... T- they're not going to outplay Celtic. Any team in Scotland going to outplay Celtic on the park. The only way that they can counter counter Angie's tactics is just to camp out in their 18-yard line and defend for their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was great, though, Terence. It's, it's, it's a bit of relief that we're not looking. Maybe we, we could still sign a centre-back, but I don't think so, but... It was, it was brilliant to know that we still have a, the, the partnership of staff that in Carter Vickers going into next season as well. Isn't this, you know, that, I think that was the key signing that we wanted this season, wasn't this? It was. Carter Vickers was number one because uh, Jota is an excellent player as well, but to an extent you could, re- you could replace Jota, whereas if we lost Carter Vickers, you're hunting for another centre-back. And he just brings, he, bring, he brings a calmness to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Star, Starfield and him have great understanding. And he's probably helped Starfield as well along. And Starfield got stronger and stronger and stronger as the season went on. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he became he, he he became a much better player as the season went on. And it looked all the whole the thing big thing about it is the back the back five keeper and the, the two centre halves, the two full backs. The majority they, they were always the ones that didn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it 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 always kept a good solid base that Celtic could work off. You know, you always had Hart, Vickers, Starfield, either Ralston or Juranovic, and majority majority of the time it was Taylor. So, Joe, you, know, you had a very very solid unit that everyone knew what each one had to do. Everyone knew how each other played, and that that 
that's massive as opposed to going into games where you go, there's this fellow beside you this week, there's another fellow beside you next week. It, it, it's huge and it's, it's great that Celtic are going into the new season with um, the squad the squad basically fully fully in, adding the few players that they want to get in. It's, it's massive. If you remember like last season's pre-season, half the players were, obviously most of those players weren't even at Celtic, but the other yeah, ones that we weren't Celtic Dane Murray, Sean, we had Dane Murray in the West and sent it back in the qualifiers, sure. Yeah, but even in the pre-season friendlies, they had none of the players. They weren't around. You, you would eat, yet he was captain for a couple of them. You know what I mean? And and they had no, they had no players. And like you said, they had young Dan Murray and Welsh for the qualifiers, and they like to beat on in the first game of the season centre back. So it's it, it's brilliant. They they have the they have the crux of nearly all the players that they need. And Angie's obviously just going to add fine tune and a few guys here, a few guys there. And obviously, hopefully, remove the guys that aren't required anymore. Your ball and goal is a Yeti's back. Obviously, Barkas has gone. That kind of stuff. And yeah, it'll, it'll be great. It's, it's, it, I can't wait for it to start, to be honest. Marcus, Still saying we're saying a centre back, Paul. Wait. Uh, it's actually, really Christian Julian today said he yeah. does he's not going nowhere. He wants he to find his place. I saw that as well. Oh. I saw that as well. Julian, Jane yeah. Paul comes down to his contract in that as well. He's a year left, don't he? Despite the Celtic just sitting, let him rot in the rot. I mean, again, that's we're getting into Julian's going I, to be that kind of bane. That kind of he'll be sitting with Bane, then he? he'll be sitting with Scott Bane every week up in the yeah. stands, doing nothing. Do you, know think, do you know what I'm thinking, Mark? And that yes. the Japanese lad, he's away to Germany, isn't he? Do you know at the end of last season, Mark, when he came out, he made that thing to the French press, saying if he doesn't play the last game of the season, he's going to think about his career. And me and you said. If Ange plays him, he's given in then to play a power. And if Ange doesn't play him, we know what the type of manager is that he won't stick that. Right, that he'll, not be forced, he'll not be yeah. forced to do anything. I, I don't know, Mark. I think, I think Ange will still send Julian. You know? Really oh, sorry, sorry, Paul, what? He said, I think Ange will send Julian. Oh, it's without a doubt, I think he would. Mm-hmm. You know? Julian's his own worst enemy, though, Paul. Oh, well, I don't, Terence, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I mean, how long was Julian out for? He was out for, what's he out for, nearly two years? Mm-hmm. I mean, Terry and Joseph. Like, I, know he, I know he got damaged his knee, but come on, like. We could say the same about the development of, of the, the young lad there. We were just talking about Dane Murray, Mark, and Julian sitting on the bench, taking up his spot and then taking up Stephen Welch's spot. Do you get me? Aye, aye. You know, like... But you have to prove yourself, Paul. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I mean, this nonsense of him coming back and getting in a, like, getting in a, in a, in a, in a tizzy because he wasn't getting the game. I yeah. think, like, what, what game are you watching, bud? Like, it's true. Two, two centre backs have been outstanding all season. Yeah, it's true. What Mark said, that's, that's exactly what Mark said. He's not there to move Carter Vickers and Starford Towns. He has to move Stephen Welch in the pecking order first. Do you get me? Right. You know? but, he, but he has to prove himself, Paul. This mm. nonsense have been in, in this moody fella and throwing the toys out of the cot and saying, oh, I should be playing. How should you be playing? Well, at what stage do you think you deserve to be playing? He's clearly not proven anything in training that Ange has gone, you know, he deserves a crack. Ange gave him about 20 minutes against Red Rovers, I think it was, in, in the, is it, could have been the, was that the Cup? Yeah, it would have been the Cup or the League or probably the Cup game at, at Celtic Park. Uh, when he came back from his injury, and that's all he played. Well, he, and I heard, he, um, I heard as well that he was actually fit, Mark, in 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 around December. 
and, and the physios yeah. gave him the go-ahead and it was Julie himself said he wasn't ready. Okay. And, and that, that sums Julie up. To me, that sums Julie up, Mark, because of these small injuries he picks up and goes. I know now the one he had was, 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 was shocking, but before that, Mark, he used to go down regularly if he, had, if he got a tap. Like, you know what I mean? For a centre half, for a centre half, he wasn't the toughest in that position, definitely, no. But like you would you'd love to play against him if you were a centre forward because the first thing you'd do is just clatter him. You'd hit him in all merciful bit. And you know he doesn't want to do it after that. Yeah. He did, but so did so did uh, the, the the lad at the time for Kilmarnock, I forget his name now, the centre forward for Kilmarnock. They just they just bullied they just they just went into him and he's like the guy is is he six foot I think he's six foot five. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, he's probably about a, a foot taller than me. I'd fancy my chances of kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he, comes, he comes across terrible, like, for a fella. He should be dominating centre forwards. He should be... You look, exactly. you look, at, Carter, look at Carter Vickers, he looks like he's about six foot at best. But yet, no one will get the better of him. He's been like a tank, and he just brushes fellas aside. He gets into the physicality, and even Starfield by the end of the season... <laughs> if you look at Jim Stats, right, at the end of the season, uh, between the two of them, they're they're they one in one duels in in the air. There there was ninety about ninety seven ninety six accuracy between the two of them. You know, and, and they're not the biggest uh, centre backs, Terence. You know what I mean? But they show that they know how to position them. It, it doesn't matter how, how 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 tall you are. It's how you position yourself. And the two lads got that thing on last season. They got in front of the man. They got the ball, and, and that's what a, a centre-back has to do. Julian struggles in the air. You have to, for a centre-back in those positions, you have to be an aggressive side. Yeah. You have, the ball's there, I'm winning it. Hell or high water, I'm winning it. You look at Anthony Ralston, he's a prime example of it. He, mm-hmm. he, like, he, but you watch, Julian doesn't want that physical side of the things. And, it's, and teams, the problem is teams, when they were playing Celtic and he was there, teams knew that. Teams knew he did not, like, the physical side of the game and like he's picking the wrong position if he doesn't like the physical side of the game he maybe he should have gone away and played basketball or something I don't know but mm-hmm. to be a, a centre back and expect that the game isn't going to be physical especially in Scotland I mean it's I, I mean he, he's, he's let himself down and I have, to be, I have to agree with you Paul what you said about the injury I, years ago I broke my femur playing rugby right I snapped it in two playing I played I was in a cast for about 13 or 14 weeks when I was out of the cast, I played a hurling match three weeks after. Now, I was going to whatever school or work, I probably work school at the time, doing everything. This is a professional footballer who's getting the best treatment in the world, and he's two years out. Exactly. Like, he, he, there, there has to be a level of you wanting to come back and, and pushing yourself as well. Like, And I just I just don't think he has that. I really don't. That's a good point, Mark. There, like, like, if you, like you, we've seen... To be honest, like most injuries, Mac and, and players come back. He did take a long, long time to come back, didn't he? Oh, and there was all these posts on social media that he was training, and then he wasn't training. And then he was out again, Mark. He was right. training again, like as we broke down in training. All these kind of stories. Even if Julius came out and said that, we're talking about like how Ange would like to think he, when he comes across it. He's a straight talker. Ange will tell Julian he doesn't have any future at Celtic. He can stay here and fight all he wants, but. 
I still think, whether Julian's here or no, I still think we'll bring in a centre-back. I think Mark Dula, I think he's had a big, I think I said Julian's had a big wage, Mark, as well, because we signed him for nearly seven, eight million, uh, I think. Seven, I seven million, I. You can expect, Mark, if you're signing for player from Dark, he's I going mean, to be one of the Maybe Julian's playing a kind of long game and saying, I'm going to stay here and sit, fight for my place, whereas he's actually thinking, I'm going to sit here for a year, earn my wages, and then leave next summer for hee-haw. Mm-hmm. Do kind of get Celtic back that way, Mark? Maybe. I, don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I really don't see Julian having any future at Celtic, Paul. I've said that for months to you. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree, Mark. And I, just with his attitude, Mark, I just... With the club now just being... Everything seems to be falling into place. And this, this seems... Last season we saw unity within the first team. I mean, they're, they're they're stubbed, stubbed saying, up again, like you know. They're stubbed saying, but I think I'm wrong. He'll get another chance if he's his head right. But where's he going to get the chance? If we're going, a, we're going to need to either Starfield or Carter Vickers get injured. And for me, if either they two get injured, it's Welsh that steps into the team because mm-hmm. he's earned that spot in the squad. Unless we bring in another centre back, as I said, and Ange puts him in as like our main backup. That's why he's well, Paul. That the Japanese lad, that Takuri. That's why I didn't really see. Us, I don't know. Maybe we did have an interest, but the kind of money that was getting spoke about, Paul, and it would be third choice at least for the new kind of thing. I look mm-hmm. at four, five million. That was a, maybe a bit of a reach. But Julian, I've said you said it. What I've said it all along, Paul. Stephen Welsh needs to displacing the squad first before he even thinks about getting. Getting into a starting position again, oh, up against your Starfield and Carter Vickers. I, I, I just don't see that happening. I, I I watched them in the Coles team uh, against uh, against Rangers that time in the, the Glasgow Cup. He was awful, and and he was the same garbage Julian that I remember him. Kind of himself into tackles or putting out tackles. Do you know what I mean? He was the fourth foot goal. That this was a guy, Paul. I watched that game as well as you're talking about, yeah. and this is a guy. Who's a, was a first? Who's a first team regular for Celtic? He's playing against with the greatest respect, young lads that are all trying to push their name. Yeah, the young lad I should put him to shame. Terry yeah, he, he should be standing out head and shoulders over these guys. Mm-hmm. He should be straight ahead of any of the lads in the pitch. And everyone, like even if you never, if you've never watched the game, go, God, that number, that centre back there looks really good. Who's he? He didn't look anything out of the ordinary with him. He, he did, like, if you didn't know he wasn't the first team player, you'd assume he was one of the fellas in the development club. And he tried this one long ball pass and, and he blew his, he blew, blew his, like if he did that the first team, Terence, and you, you'd hear Ange screaming from the dugout to them, like, we don't play like that. Do you get me? I got, but his, his attitude probably going into the game, that game, Paul, anyway, probably stunk, but he was probably going, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm too big for, I'm too big yeah. for, for I'm to be too, playing I'm, here, like, yeah. I'm too good no, to that was the way he kind of swaggered about the park that day, wasn't it? As if he was, yeah. it was below him, as if this game was beneath yeah, him, playing against exactly. kids yeah. and that. And he making yeah. mistakes, Devin, he, he, he's the one, Denmark, making the, uh, the mistakes, the, he gave away the free kick to the goal, that he shouldn't have made that tackle. The, the young lad next to him also put him to shame, in my opinion. There's Stubbsy comparing Julian to Pelly. When did Pelly have a bad game, Stubbsy? Name one bad game Pelly had. Nanny has seen Pelly playing football. Do you know what I mean? You can't even say that about anybody. I'm, the, I'm just saying, I just remember 
when Julian was playing Mark with IR, we were we were we were constantly saying he was getting beaten in the physical side uh, of the game. Aye, that uh, that was it Lyndon Dykes and that, didn't they? Or Billy Dunn? He didn't seem to like the physical side of the Scottish uh, game at all. And it makes no sense. No sense coming here to do that, Mark. And even the Kilmarnock game a few weeks after the Livingston game, I or I don't know the name of the lad, the Kilmarnock lad up front. But he he battered him because I remember Iyer or was it Iyer was dropped after because he basically bullied the two boys. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, he, it's it's it, it's the bottom line. Paul is as you said there already. It's his attitude. He clearly doesn't. He is clearly his attitude is if I'm not in the first team, I'm going to be huffing in the corner, and I'm not going to try. Iyer doesn't play centre back. No, at all for Brentford. He plays right back. Iyer, right back is his position for Brentford. Never plays centre-back for him. Never. It's right-back he plays and that's his position. And we always said that that was his best position, was right-back. You sure about that? Yeah, right-back, Mark. He's, the last couple of games I watched him, he's playing right-back. Sometimes they No, I'm just, no, I'm just I'm not saying anything about yeah. it. I'm just... I know, but well, everybody was saying that uh, it was more a kind of defensive midfielder, wasn't it? No, that's that's, that was where he would end up playing in that. Oh, right back, he was playing, playing for Brentford last season, I remember. The matches I watched of him, anyway, he was right back. That's where he came in originally, Mark. He came in as a, as a kind of defensive midfielder, and then obviously went to Kilmarnock, and they put him as a centre-back. And then he came mm-hmm. back as a centre-back. But look, so look I mean, to be honest, the Julian one, if they could get rid of him, they'd be better off getting rid of him, because I know they were, you know, they were they'd even linked with that Man City, like the... I don't know how he probably didn't know he's got uh, Bruce Lee really, uh, uh, yeah. 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 no, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 They're only putting us the players who we 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 were previously linked us. Do you get me? You know, sent oh, we just, just got to stop all with any, any kind Law of link. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Any kind of link they can dig up between Mark Lowe and this player's going to oh, that that's how it's going to happen. I think back the, last season, Celtic when the rumours were Falcon Harkin or there, and, and he was in to stand for one of our European games. And that's when we kind of put two, because that, that was another deal, like I think that was practically a done deal till McCoy supposedly fecked everything up with Falcon Harkin coming at that time, director of football. And he actually came out and said that it was McCoy that came in with this different view and he just pulled away from it. He was in the stands with Falcon Harkin watching one of Europe and he decided to go to Germany. And I think it, it's going back to what I said, Mark, He's not selling Celtic to no one. You know, if if the player, if Celtic doesn't sell himself to a player, he's not going to chase him. Do you get me? Yeah, and it's going no. back to this fellow Sosa as well, Mark, that if he doesn't want to come to Celtic, Celtic aren't going to chase him. They'll move on. No, it's like to that, but haven't they turned it with McCree, was it? The guy that went to Middlesbrough, Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This guy's still popping up and trying to explain himself. He pops up every couple of weeks with some... Kind of new article that he spoke to somebody about why he turned down Celtic yeah. and stuff like that. 
Celtic went from he turned us down, we moved on and come moved on to be Matt Orally and what a signing he's been. If, if we look him up, Mark, he's talking the Lennon's nephew or somebody <laughs> he keeps up even even with Neil Lennon's in, in charge of that Cyprus team, he's given the interviews after the pre match after they, they won the the Celtic. And he speaks about his time in Celtic when in the leagues in Celtic, the boys have got you just won the cup here, like, you know what I mean? Jesus it's it's Christ, just man. trying to stay relevant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, look, there's one transfer, Mark, uh, kind of uh, every Celtic fan is, is, is kind of waiting to, to see if it happens, and that's Yaffa. And I noticed you put something interesting on the forum uh, just last week about the, the European transfer market. Is it open yet? The international transfer market, mm-hmm. Paul. Just, uh, any... That's what it says, the international market, so you can't see, and I think Carter Vickers, I don't, see, because it's a kind of UK, that's the thing, I think that's maybe made a difference, but all these big transfers, people are scrambling about waiting all these big massive transfers happening, but none of them can actually officially happen to the 1st of July, that's when the international transfer window opens, and if you look at it, that's when Yota's contract, Yota's contract, see Scottish players, Paul, I've noticed this as well, Scottish players' contracts will end, like, in the 31st of May. Mm-hmm. But international players, see, like, that, I they end up at the end of the... It, it spit out. They finish at the end of June. And I mm-hmm. think that's what it is. It's because of this international window. I think, as, as as far I think as it's actually done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. They were just ironing out the kind of small details of the contract. And that's been going on and on, Paul. And I've seen uh, James Forrest blog. He, I think it was James Forrest, the Celtic blog. I think it was him that said, you think Yota would be away partying in Mexico and partying here and there if his kind of future was up in there? Exactly. He's, living, he's living a bit of a life than a man that's quite, a young man that's quite happy and content with everything that's going on in his life. Because he, that, he I think it's just a, to find the club, don't aye, I, Honestly, I think it's... And the stuff that's coming out for Benfica as well, they're kind of wrote him off as well, basically. So I think it's just a matter of time for it getting announced. Mm-hmm. So every, every second picture you look at Jara, he's got a Celtic jersey on it. Celtic jersey on, yeah. I'm reading two and two, obviously, you know what I mean? But every every post you see or whatever, he's in a jersey and... He's, Jersey and, he's on himself, so. and you're not hearing any stories about oh so and so is trying to nip in no. and steal Yota no. off his Celtic. Do you know what I mean? So, I a lot of these stories come from the agent trying to turn interest interest in their players. So if they kind of stories aren't getting bandied about, it's a good chance it's it does, it does not come out from the agent's either, Mark. You know, he does nothing seems to be there's no rumours coming out that cause like he said there, like there's no teams in for him. Like I actually think the deal is done. They just can't announce it, Mark, till July. That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, but just... it's it's good as well. It's good as well, Paul. That you're not even hearing anything from Celtic from that side of it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, at the minute, that every, everything has just been. I think it'd be would it be breach of contract like... in terms if they did announce it with this. Well, they, well, it, it, it could be, but it, it's glad that there's no mention of it and everything's kept quiet and there's no and and then hopefully, as as Mark said, come the first of July, then bang, he's announced and that's it and his job done. Yeah, because they just came out of the blue terms, didn't they? That just came out of the blue. Oh yeah, it did, and that but that that seems to be the way since since Ange has come in and 
Michael Michael Nichols said literally it's it's it doesn't seem to be the case of days gone by where they were linked with fella and it was a three or four or five week prolonged thing and then all of a sudden they'd lose it to some crowd who comes in out of nowhere looking exactly. like the, the the three the three Japanese boys obviously first of January bang they were in and you know. I mean, um, man, Matt O'Reilly, as soon as you heard they were linked, he was signed the next day. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah, hopefully. See, this summer, keeping the windows drawn to a closing, that, I don't expect Celtic to be making any that late signings this summer. I think all their signings will be in. Well, it's international window I'm talking about. If that should be the mid, middle of July, I think that'll be us done, really. I, think, really Mark, yeah, I think Andrew, that type of manager, Mark, that he wants the team in and settled before the first match, you know? And we just say, if something did come up, Mark, that did interest and they would say, but I don't think Celtic would be looking to get me, you know? No. I, think we, I think we'd be there getting players out rather than getting players in the likes of Ball and Gawley and Yessi and stuff like that. I, I think they could go down to the wire, players like that. I think you may be right with that, but I think you're... Uh, our incoming business, I think that'll yeah. be all sorted. Be probably the middle of July. That's my main concern. I, I think they'd be, I think they would be interested in Barangoli, but I but think there's, there's always interesting players. That's the, I mean, I think they, Mark, we could find it hard to get rid of a Yessi. Nah, well, again, it'll come down to money, but transfer kind of if Celtic can want a transfer fee, how much they're wanting and stuff like that. But, yeah, but agents can always drum up. Agents can always drum up a yeah. move. Look at what do do the hands done with us over the years for your Kazim Richards season guys like that. Mm-hmm. They'll always find a move somewhere. He'll wind up back at Basel, Paul. I guarantee that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll wind up back in Basel. Whether it's whether it's on whether it's on loan with a with a view. They did want to take the loan in January till he picked up that injury. Yeah, but he, you'll see. I'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back there, even if it's a twelve month loan with the option to buy at the end of it. And and he, if he's got not only a year left in his contract, it might be a case of it's a two million. Two million to buy him or something like that. Whatever it pay off for his two, yeah. for a, a kind but of mutual agreement kind yeah. of thing. Here's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's like I know we spoke about loads of times on on the podcast, but they, where is Mickey Mickey Johnston's future Celtic next season, Mark? Because I can't see him being involved next season if we have Maida and Yata there. Probably a young lad, Paul. Yeah. You know, but then, Mark, like he's that. that he's going about You go. You know what I mean? Going about yeah, but he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that. Oh. Involvement. You get. I think he has to go and loan. Definitely. Oh, that, yeah. if, he, if there was a chance for him to go and loan, I'd definitely take that, Paul. You know, the likes but, of Aberdeen or Hibs, Dermark, or anyone in the SBL, like he's another that he's been unlucky with injuries. Yeah. Like, I mean. Mikey takes some amount of pelters and I don't like getting young players pelters and I wouldn't it gets personal with him and that but I even think Paul that Mikey Johnson's the type of player so even if he would only be to be a great player there would still be people that would be like ah he's not up too much he's I, think, I just think it's that much negativity about him as well that it's a bit maybe much for a young guy to have in his shoulders kind of yes, thing that's what I'm saying Mark. I just think like, yeah, that he's the one player that I think alone would benefit him if he had a season free of injury, that's his biggest problem, Mark. Aye. Injuries. Is he actually injury prone? And is that just down to his kind of size and physique? Yeah, physique. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? His biggest, his biggest thing, Paul, is just going to say that as well, what Mark is saying there. It's, in, it's injuries, but injuries, injuries come because of his size. Mm-hmm. Like he's, 
he's so lightweight, it's unbelievable. Like he gets brushed off a ball way too easy, like. And and he's yes, he's a, he's a skillful player, but he gets like he spends so much of his time on the ground that's unbelievable. Like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I I know I know everyone's bodies are different, and some people can put on weight and put on thick. I don't think he can though. He looks like that person does, don't he? I know he looks like a kite, but there's 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 there's, a, there's just there's something that they have to be able to do to try and just build up some kind of muscle. Like even a skinny guy has to be able to build up some muscle, build up some strength, some kind of upper body. So I'm not saying he has to put on pounds of muscle, but if you look at the way Ryan Christie went to Aberdeen, now Ryan Christie went to Aberdeen very very slight, and he came back a different guy. Like, so you know, mm-hmm. he came back a lot a lot fuller, a lot you know well able to take the tackle, well able to go into challenges. I don't know whether whether they're I'm sure they are whether they've tried stuff with Mikey Johnson and it's not working. I don't know, but if he if for me if he doesn't if he can't take the physical side, a little bit like the old Julian thing, if he can't take the physical side and he's constantly going down, I, I can't see how he has a future at Celtic, you know? Because he's he's all, he's either always injured or when he comes on, he's 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 not very effective at times for me, you know? But that, not to be, not trying to get personal with the guy or anything like that, but he, if, he, if he can't get more physical and more, and put on a bit of more mass, that he can take these cha- challenges and take the hits, then he's all going to keep getting injured and he's going to be knocked off the ball all the time and those two things don't it means he's not going to be playing for Celtic for me. Is that, for me, is that technically he's a good player. Ability-wise, you, you can tell that he's got ability. I thought a lot of the time when he was in the team, again, getting back to the pressure on him, I said it to you, Paul, I don't know if I spoke about it on the podcast, but he seemed to, he, he wanted to score, he was trying too hard, it seemed at times. He was mm-hmm. beating yeah, his I, I, man, and he was always looking to shoot rather than looking at his options. Aye, I think yeah. he was doing that. But, I mean, I do. I think he's got a lot of ability as a footballer, but Terence is saying he's very, very lightweight, and his decision making needs to be improved on. But the basis of a good footballer's in there, but it'll take a lot of work from him to mm-hmm. progress to a level to be a mm-hmm. contender for a first team pick mm-hmm. at Celtic. Uh, breaking news just out there: uh, Berit are talking to. Young Dembele's uh, representatives. Yeah. Berit. Berit. Berit, yeah. I'm looking at, I'm talking to Camille Dembele's. Uh, yeah. Berit. Berit in France, League One. I've never even heard of him. Either that is what your like, Irish accent, I'm not understanding it, right? talking to uh, Dembele as well. I put down him, Mark, as released players because he's, he's one of, he, his contract is actually up in June. So he's, he was put down as released by the club and he's not signed but uh, then and I think there was another club in Italy that, that were talking to him as well but, so that's another another player that's gone but I think we all expected that anyway didn't we Terence? We did yeah big time but just sorry Paul just to go back to the Mikey Johnson one just for two seconds if you don't mm-hmm. mind you made a very good point there Mark but maybe if Mikey Johnson is so lightweight and you said it as well Paul Rather than him trying to beat four or five players, maybe he needs to adjust his game. And maybe, that, when exactly. gets, maybe when he gets the ball, his first thing should be, if I'm out in the wing and I get the ball, more times than not, he's going to be in space. Whipping in passes, whipping in shots, whipping in the ball, rather than trying to beat the two and three guys. You know, maybe go, okay. See, that was his problem, Terence. It was, yeah. He, he was doing that. He, like, and you said it, you, you said that crazy times last season. Yeah. Why is he trying to beat four or five players when the pass was on? 
and I'm not meaning this as a comparison, but a lot of people used to say that about Ronaldo when he was younger. See, I'm but not comparing he, that, but, yeah, but that's what one of the things people yeah, said about he was always trying but too that, hard but to. That's, but that's what Foxen did with him, Mark. Foxen changed the way he played. Foxen wiped out all these little things uh, that he started doing. That's what I'm saying, Paul. It's like the decision-making. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whether he cross it or whether he try to like, carry it into the box and stuff like that. I mean, I, I said, I, I but, just but think he's a good footballer, just the physical is, side. I just yeah. want to toss something out there. You know, like, like we're talking about Mickey Johnston, right? Who's come through the ranks and we, 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 we constantly said that the youth system was kind of mismanaged and, and poorly, poorly managed. Like, did he learn... Well, well, not long, I said, but was he trained wrong? Do you get me that he hasn't kind of picked these things up, Mark? Do you get me? Oh, I don't, I don't see much of your teams are that Paul. No, no, but, but, no, but, but see, but I think, I think Mikey Johnson was the type of player that the youth, the youth there's a the boss, son, going just on you. you get, yeah, not really that's, getting coached as such saying. because that's what I'm saying. Get the ball and, and you do what you do. You aye, the ball. Do you get me? That he wasn't, know, to, you know. Aye, that's exactly what I mean. the first team long enough, though, Paul, to know... But that's what I'm saying. But but that's what I'm saying now, Terence, is that because he was coached in such a way, like, was it maybe, was it, look, you get the ball, you beat your man, that he's 21 now, I said, maybe 22, right? Is is it too late for him to start learning this training, get me? It's never too late, Paul, but we've all played in a game or a sport... But does he have the ability to change, Terence, I put it that way? He's probably one of the most skillful players in the squad, I imagine. If you look at him playing and watch him running, he's he's got good pace, he's got great feet. He probably just doesn't have the six the six inches between the, the grey matter. He probably just doesn't think what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He, remi- he reminds me a little bit like Aidan McGeady of old, where McGeady seemed to have to beat exactly. him. Then goes that's a, uh, that's a good comparison, Terms, when you say that. Yeah. It really is. You know, but it was, 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 was when McGeady got the ball and he came out to him and he whipped in balls first time, like the amount of goals he used to he used to be an assist for, he was dynamite at it. Whereas if you got McGeady and you tried to beat a man and tried to beat a man and tried to beat a man, by the end of it, you would have been screaming at the television because he'd have lost the ball. <laughs> he just lost McGeady going to hips, I heard. Is there hips, isn't there? The clue. I, I, yeah. honestly, well, I would only look at what's going on in Celtic. I wouldn't McGeady's even like about, McGeady's about fucking fart. <laughs> but <laughs> manager... But that's all I would say about Mikey Johnson. Maybe he needs to look at how he's placed. When the mm. ball does come when the ball does come to him. Because if you if you've got a if you've got a geomarcus up front. Exactly, Terry. The best thing is if the ball comes to you in your own space, take a touch, whip in the cross. That should be and your first instant, Terrence, if you're a ringer, if you have a player like that in the box. You get me? Exactly. And the Celtic wingers in a lot of cases get time. You know, if you look, if you look at a lot of times, a bad is best traits are he he really he's not a fella for necessarily beating the man. He he'll get the ball, he'll go down the line, and he'll whip it in. Mm-hmm. He does, he doesn't look to try and beat three and four men. Jot has a different kettle of fish, but Jot is way more skillful than a lot of players. He mm-hmm. has a little bit more about him. But if I was if I was with Mikey Johnson or someone there with him, off your McGee, that just keep running into the stands and don't stop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so, so, okay. so that's that, because he, he reminds me of no one else but Aidan McGeady of all, that he used to try to beat fellas left, right and centre. But when he whips it in first time, you know, all of a sudden you become a good player. You know, you're mm-hmm. set goals, you know? I said, Matt, we... Well, we're talking about, like, Mikey Johnson, like, 
how effective he is in the, in the team of the squad. Look at the other side of the spectrum with James Forrest. Mm-hmm. Mikey Johnson get married to offer Celtic going forward than James Forrest. No, you probably, you probably no. would have more, more of a chance, Mark, to change the way Mickey Johnson plays than you no. would change James Forrest. Oh, that's think, what I'm saying. Who, I, who would you see? Got a, a, who would I you rather see Celtic kind of trying to progress and move on with Mikey Johnson or Forrest? Mark, I said to Mark, the only reason we actually, I think we kept James Forrest is because Tom Roderick and Peter left and they were two big names in the dressing room. I think that's the only reason we kept Forrest because he's with Celtic so long. He knows the history of Celtic and he's there just to be in the room, be around the dressing room, Mark, that to show these new players and young players coming in what Celtic means. I think that's the only reason Fast is there. I don't see Fast playing. Did we not get hooped in the huddle him to do that? I know, no. but at the, same, at the same time, how many goals did, James, did, um, did Mikey Johnson score last season? How many goals did James Forrest score? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have really played many, many games, really, did they? They didn't, but James Forrest scored a few goals. He scored, yeah. he scored a semi-final against St. Johnson when he came on. He's but that's the only reason I think we we kept him, Terence, is because of uh, his experience. That he's a Forrest could do something for you. Get me? Whereas Mickey yeah. Johnson, the bomb can. You get me? And that that uh, the first stub you saying as well. It keeps the Scottish contingent up for the Champions League because we need to keep an eye on exactly. that that homegrown rule stuff in that. Which mm-hmm. again, Lewis Ferguson would tick the box for you, wouldn't he, Terence? Oh, stuff. He someone in the first goal for me. He'd absolutely buried him. I'd love to see him there. You're just riding a rise me now, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I know you are. And moving on. Yeah. Uh, so after 20 years of being a referee in Scotland, Bobby Madden has decided that he's leaving the SBL and moving down south to referee in the League 1 and League 2 divisions. A chance for a penalty and 20 points to Rangers has been agreed. Uh, <laughs> a referee who was consistent, in my opinion, of letting Celtic players being kicked around uh, the pitch. I, I I think I read something, Mark, by other referees that he he got actually most decisions wrong last season for referee than any referee in the UK and Scotland. And I hope he be found out down there that he's a poor referee. You know, I. Just well, it's only it's only it's only the lower leagues and everything. It's only I think he. Uh, ah, he's team. not even allowed to referee no. in the championship down there. No. So I, I, I don't really, let's be honest, we don't know what the refereeing standards are doing in League One, but See, if I'm thinking Bobby Madden, then he can't be up too much. And one good thing is, well, maybe some of the other refs will maybe follow him down there. Yeah. I'm you know, assuming it's money. Well, Definitely. Really, he, he, he can't move up any level. I mean, he's, he's pushing the retirement age for referees, isn't he? And this move down there, he can't yeah, move actually, up the yeah, level. If he was moving down there, and I think that's one of the reasons he stepped down from the UEFA rankings, because if he moved out of the top two divisions, he's not classified then, he's not in, what would you say, in the ranks, Mark, to referee in, in UEFA rankings. Do you get me? No, no. So, Terms says, yeah, it must be for money that he's away doing to do that. Or maybe he just fancies a change of scenery to test his... Test himself doing in England, but I mean he's never going to get near the Premier League or that no. stuff. No, it, let's face it, Bobby Madden not being involved in Scottish football is going to be a good thing. Aye, you know, like we saw during the last derby, there, Terence, yeah, we were kicked around about it. 
at the start of the season we saw Naismith tackle there and McGregor. Do you know what I mean? You know. Yeah. Listen, Paul. To be honest, the, the, for me, there wouldn't there wouldn't be anything throwing an all experiment of sending them all down and bringing fellas from the championship up to rest in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Fellas that have no connection to anyone and vice versa. It, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad experiment to try because it, 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 they can't. Most of them can't be any worse than like you man that Don Robertson fella. He's he's horrific. Like he's just ter- he he's just a bad referee in general. Not a bad referee on Celtic. He's just a bad referee. Mm-hmm. So some of the some of the challenges and some of the stuff that some of the referees have led away with in not Celtic necessarily Celtic games, but in games in general that you might have seen, like the lads Jonas and Mikey, especially Jonas would have seen a lot of it with Dundee. Yeah, right? you know, some of them are just some of them you're just looking going, if that's in your local soccer, he's getting a red card. And yet up in Scotland it seems to be okay to just I don't know. There's a little bit of the old Jackie Chan as well as flying into tackles, and everyone's like, "Ah, you're all right. Work away there, boss." I don't know. Well, Mark, wait. I, I I read something today, right? When VAR comes in, right? In the start of the new year, right? If the game is going to be shown, oh, Logan Sky, there's going to be 14 cameras, and if the game's not being shown, there's only going to be 16 cameras, right? Uh, that's Scottish football, Paul. Yeah, but and, and t- that's just another example of the incompetence yeah. that runs through Scottish football. You know, like it's it's either one or the other. I- implement the whole thing properly or don't do it. You get me? You know, like is there going to be changes? That's the big question, Terence. Is, is there going to be changes when VAR comes in? That's the big question. There's there's going to be there's going to be decisions for every team, Paul. That probably. You might have got now that you may not get, but at the same at the same light, there's going to be decisions the other way, because some of the for for argument's sake, the it was no was it last season with the tackle on on Turnbull in in, in Paradise by your man Butcher. If the referee goes and looks at that, and any referee goes and looks at that, it's not a yellow card; it's a straight red. He nearly he nearly <coughs> his leg off at the knee. So do you know, and there's yeah, but my problem is right. Do you know, like you're you're on about there. Vicious tackles there coming in, right? But we saw this season these tackles being left go unpunished, right? So we say, we say if, if Beaton is ref in the match, right? And the fellow Welch is the VAR assistant, right? Two referees who, who actually gave the decisions back. And if those tackle comes in, and if it comes up in the screen, uh, if, 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 if Beaton waves play on and it comes up in the screen down, down south, VAR checking saves full play. That means that the assistant referee is actually looking at that. But that's my point. Like, will the likes of Robinson then look at this decision behind me? Say, Beeson's back or or thing like these are all supposed to be buddies. Like, will they go behind their buddies' backs and overwrite them? Do you get me? Uh, that, Paul, that's been my main issue with VAR. Yeah. Because can you remember when we first came in for the World Cup? The referee went over and looked at that again on the screen. But he could, he'd be headset on and he spoke to the guys up there and they set up what he wanted to look at and he looked at it and looked at it and the referee made the decision. Now it's people, these faceless people up my gantry that are making the decisions, telling the referees. So if yeah. you've got a referee, whether, whether you're saying, Paul, he's called a penalty, right, and it's, it's wrong. They go look at the screen, wait and see what VAR says, but or, as you say, oh, it's for Paul, 
Oh no, he go to yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Aye, bang on. I mean, people go, people go about this as if it's going to be this enlightening thing in Scottish football. There's guys here in Germany, get, I don't know if they actually get criminally charged, Paul. The guys in the VAR were, like, up to any good. They're in the German league. I mean, that's one of the biggest leagues in the world, and they're pulling strokes on it. Mm-hmm. Imagine how they can get away with it in a wee, a wee diddy league like Scotland. They're trying, I was watching, I, I didn't understand one bit of this, but I was watching a documentary, it, it was, they're only trying this in the women's league last season, and they showed a documentary today about it, and you could hear, it was like the Robbie Terrence. Yeah. You could hear what the referee was saying. Oh, in, yeah. In, in, in around the stadium, but it was only during the, the team game, so then at least you could hear why they were given this decision. Do you get me? You know, like oh, yeah. is, is that something that should come into to, to football? It's, it, look, it's it's very very simple. The bottom, it, of course, it should come in, Paul. The bottom line, look, if if an incident has occurred, where it's a penalty, where it's a foul play, it's everyone like just because the fans in the stadium don't see it necessarily at the time. Everyone at home is watching it on television. Most times, the reason that they, the referees can get away with it in Scotland is go. You know, it's hard. They, you hear all the analysts, some of them idiots, but anyway, you hear them all going, well, you know, in, in real time, the referee really, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to make a decision. Well, if he's going to have a, a replay of it, and if your man up, upstairs is his buddy, it's a Nick Walsh, and, he, and they still say, oh, no, that's not a red card, or that's not a penalty, it's going to be glaringly obvious to everyone then that they're incompetent. Because the simple fact of the matter is if your man is looking at it, and he's looking at it three or four times on a replay, on slow mo, on everything, it, and he still thinks it's not a bad foul. It's going to just—it's going to make them even. It's going it's to Skinner, but, sorry, Terence, sorry, but, cutting you off here. No, it's no. Skinner decisions credibility. Yeah, big yeah. time. That's, tra- that's what I'm. That's I mean. If you're going out there and saying, "Oh, is that a penalty?" Aye, yeah. it's a penalty. Or look, we checked it with VAR, and we all agreed it's a penalty. It doesn't mean that it was right. It just means they're going to use VAR as adding like a credence to credibility to their decision. But if the decisions are if the decisions are so bad, Mark, that like like for argument's sake, like what looks a clear red card, and we just say it's a Celtic Hearts game for argument's sake, and it's a clear foul, it's a bad foul on the Celtic there, and John Beaton's reffing it, and your man Walsh is up there, and everyone could see that's a horrific challenge when you see it back in the replay, and neither of them think that it's a red card. They're just going to be shown up. For me, they're going to be shown up even more because you can get away with it and say in real time it was hard to pick it up. But when they show it in slow-mo and they replay it over and over and over and the guy's sitting in the booth looking at it and looking at it in slow-mo, they know, like, if I tell, I tell John Beaton that that's not a red card, that's falling on me. Like. No, no, look, they'll probably look at a different angle than Sean getting the ball. But, but the thing is, Paul, they'll have every angle under the yeah, sun. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's like, as you said, in the rugby, with the way the rugby has gone with hitting the fellow with the shoulder in the face, now referee will go, they'll see it and straight away they'll go, you think that's a red card and you'll hear the guy in the book going, yeah, it's high, it's dangerous, it's with force, it's a red card. And that's, and that's what will have to happen in, 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 the, in the football as well. It's, it's high, it's dangerous, it's over the ball, it's with force, it's a red card. But like, there's only, you only need to have three or four lines. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? That's what, the, that's what defines a red card. Is it these things? If he goes, yes, it is, then it's a red card. Yeah, well, in the rules of the game terms, exactly. It's you not, know, it's not, it's not. You've got to, to make it that You've got to make, for me, I, I've said it before, and who is there, uh, talking about bringing, like, Eng, English refs up to Scotland to deal with. I've said it. 
For me, UEFA should be taking their referee, the refereeing organisation. They should be allocating referees to every league in the world. And that takes away all this. I said I'd probably look at that. that, 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 that why they would do something like that, Mark, would be the, the, the cost of it, the expenses of it to the referees, but in the charge that I think that's the only reason they never looked at something like that. Paul, they've just no longer signed a deal for £5 billion for the Champions League. Yeah. You can't throw a three, exactly. three or four guys on an easy jet playing about Europe at the weekend. But at the same, at the I same mean, time, look at look at doing in England, right? If you're a, right, you're not allowed to referee teams for your own area. So if you're to, if you're for London, you're going up, to, you're flying up to Newcastle, you're flying up to Manchester. So what's the difference really between flying up to Glasgow, or flying out to Paris, or flying out to Belgium? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, would really like cut, the, that would really cut. Uh, like for me, if UEFA done that, that would cut not just in Scotland, throughout the world. Like, like it's an odd fact, like Beat and and, and Welch. Associated with Rangers, like there's pictures all over social Aye. media of them. Like they shouldn't be refereeing these matches. But Simple as, like Terence Sinters. It is, but it's but Paul. What I would say as well is that's fair. I don't think they should either. But that's fair enough if they're refereeing it. But to go to Mark's point that he was saying there, there's nothing wrong for me in my opinion. The VAR could happen below in London. He doesn't have to be there. Like, I mean, if you could have an official in London. Doing the VAR. No, they're, 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 they're not actually in the stadium. They're not, they're, they're they're in, in, yeah. He's in London, so there's no problem with him being in London. You could have a, you could have a championship referee. God, he's the VAR official today. He's in London. He's not even near Glasgow or near ha- Edinburgh or whoever. It is. And it's faceless, and it, faceless people kind of thing to us. Yeah, ah, yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good idea. No, no, no. They will get Bobby Madden. Yeah, that's how Bobby Madden's moved in there. That's how he's moved in there. He's getting the VAR, the VAR job. But you, but you'd have, he'd have no connection to any side. And like, if he, if he, if it's a steering foul, foul play, and he and he goes to VAR, which it has to, and he goes to the referee, all the things that he's said, it's dangerous. It's high. It's you know, it's over the top. Exactly. That, that's actually uh, that's actually very good. That's that's actually a, a very good point there, Terence. Like that. The, the VAR officials Mac don't have to be from uh, the actually on, on site yeah. that, aye. Yeah. Like he could do the VAR guy could be doing. He could have done it do a Celtic match at twelve o'clock. He could do the Tottenham game at four o'clock. For argument six. Do you know what I mean? He, he's just they're watching the T V like. It's the got, same as the same as the rugby. rugby and we know someday could get streams for them. Yeah. <laughs> a wee fire stick the, <laughs> a, a wee guy sitting in his room with a dodgy fire stick plugged into his telly <laughs> yeah wait here lads I just wait wait, 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 wait I just catch up with you I just catch four minutes behind everybody <laughs> on his goals <laughs> but it's very it's very easy solvable it's just like they can they can make it easy for themselves if they want or they can make it complicated and it's up to themselves that's that's the big issue with it like. God, sorry if they have Scottish guys who have previous involved in the VAR and, and guys on the pitch and they're in, they're they're obviously of a certain affiliation. It's only going to make the Scottish game look even foolish, even more foolish than people think. Yeah, it will. It will, Terence. It, 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 that's my point. Like that's what, what, what do I was thinking like that. The fact is now that we can see on telly what the referees are looking at, and it's going to bring more unwanted attention to the referees if they're giving away 
these that because like you're, you're going to see uh, goals yeah. disallowed Paul for a but, guy who was half a toe offside and things like that you, a goal is in itself take part you're playing Rangers 89th minute nothing each pop up somebody pops up and scores a goal and you're sitting there waiting and VAR deciding whether it's a goal or not before you can celebrate it it's going to take a that's that's really going to take a I, I don't like the way that it's kind of take, I can't really, Paul, I can't watch any of the public games because of the way everything's relying on VAR. Every yeah, single so decision's analysed to death, man. That they don't take into account to run man position. Like, he's totally bit of his anti back studs could be offside. Aye. Ah, and they're known, do you know what I mean? Like, it should, like, a, should be, it 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 should Right, yeah. you can see that, right? If you've got a line there and you've slowed it down to the nth degree, and you can see a wee bit of the guy's boot over the line where the offside would be, that that to me that should just be allowed to roll. Oh, because like it, if you, do you get what I mean? Unless it's obvious to the naked eye, is that it's, it's going to end up wasting it. The game's going to end up taking more time. Who's the fella, Mark? That, that's always on the buzz about the stats. Loads of fella on on the Rangers banter page. Well, I don't know. I don't go in there. I think I'm blocked. If you're him doing the the line, I remember he put it up when, when there was an offside against Celtic. He was saying it was offside, and you could see the line that he made. It was all bent. I've seen the pictures. See really, see if the referee goes out and looks at VAR, right? And I maybe slows it down a wee bit, but should for me it should also be. I mean, let's face it, Paul. It's one of the oldest games in the world, and the rules are mm-hmm. the rules are pretty basic. Kick the ball about and put it in the net, right? So the referee should look at that and say, "Oh, he was a tiny bit offside." But in the runner play with the naked eye, you're not going to see that. He's not, he's only a, a half a, no, as you said, two studs offside. There's no way in the world any referee would uh, wave up offside for that. You wouldn't see that with your human eye. Yeah, it's not like somebody. It's not like somebody jumping up and a wee snidey trying trying to handball it without getting caught. Do you get what I mean? So you've got well, for me put a bit of common sense into it and look at it and well, say, right, that wouldn't you, you wouldn't catch that without VAR without getting it over and over and over and over again for different hundreds of angles to say that he's offside. If you can't tell he's a mile offside for one video, maybe a wee bit slowed down. For me, you're onside, Paul. Do you know what the biggest problem over with Farrah is when they bottled in last season uh, down south and, and they had to kind of change the rules last season to, to think uh, every goal that was scored went to bar. That's what I mean, and, Paul. And you're sitting there in the like stand that, like, waiting, yeah. waiting to celebrate a goal and then they wanted the derby games. They'd be, oh, there I go, wait, and now we need to look yeah. up at the screen to see if it stands. Exactly. But they need to bring in a rule to that for the offside. Whatever about the other one, but they are doing that, aren't they? They're, they're, they're thinking of bringing in something but, now that can detect if a player's offside. I think they're going to try it. Well, I wouldn't in, even. It's not in, so much in, the in, ball. It's they need to give the benefit of the doubt to the striker that used to be there years ago. Yeah, so but that, that's what I'm saying. Turn side. If you can't spot that, that he's offside. The 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 what, what did you say there? The benefit of the doubt. It's got yeah. to go to the attacking side. Well, what they're going to do, Mark, is they're going to take. The offside's out of air, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be detected by a lens. If the player's offside, it'd be automatic. 
it's going to come in automatically that the player was offside. And it, it have nothing to do with that. that this this technology that's like goal line technology, like yeah, that kind of idea. It'll detect if the player's offside. I don't know, will, they, will the players have some kind of like, you know, they, they wear these things on their back, no mark, they have all the data Aye. and stuff like that, 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 that there'd be some kind of chip there and what they'll detect then that the player was offside. We'll need to get that yeah. hacked, Paul. <laughs> Somebody will get that <laughs> hacked. <laughs> but they're spoiled the game, though, aren't they? This is the whole point of football, was the joy of it, like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the rules. Like, even, I think even bar spot, like you said, if if you get a rocket of a goal and and the fans are cheering and then it's ruled out, it's just taking the buzz out of of of, of the second celebration. Do you get me there? Do you know? It does, but you see, there, there's there's a certain not to keep going back to the rugby side, but but there's a certain element that like when if a goal is scored, teams are celebrating. There's nothing to stop the 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 man the the guy in the box in the VAR just looking at the goal. They don't have to stop it to say is it offside? Is it onside? He can have a look at it, and if he feels that it's offside, he can then maybe contact the referee. But for me, even then, Paul, they need to bring in a rule that the uh, this offside rule that there has to be a clear offside. Like mm-hmm. and, you know, this like, this notion of fella, like because I, if you're you're marking me and the ball's played through and you're quicker than me off off the mark, does that mean you're offside? It doesn't. You know, it shouldn't be. It needs to be a clear. It needs to be a case where there's a like a guy's clearly two feet offside or something like that. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. Nah, look, even even that, even if it's like that. like when they put these lines up, see if it's like half your you like half your shin down to your foot that's offside. Fair dues kind of thing, but the said terms we be like half a boot, a couple of studs, but you wouldn't see that without having these. Throw it down to the nth degree and zoom in and do all this kind of thing, and it's that that's just. Go to the benefit of doubt should be with the attacker. Oh, 100%. And my, my, my point is exactly yours, Mark. If it's that point of margin, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. It's a I, goal. I agree. It's I totally agree. Well, we saw last season, though, with all players. It's blatantly obvious. And this is blatantly obvious that a fella is, when they see it back, and he's basically, he's, he's, he's way. Like, even, even the notion that I find, I think is wrong, is. If you watch a guy and his feet could be level with you, man, but he could be leaning forward in a forward position yeah, and he to run to run, and he he's he's technically offside. Th- th- like, that's that, that's that's like the That's what they were doing down the down the penalty league uh, last week, the the first season they brought in. What they kind of tweeted this season, they they weren't taking into account the players' run position. Do you know what I mean if you're running, you're going to put a hand out, or you know what I mean, and and then they were ruling that player offside because. His hand was over time, but now they changed it. But that's my only fear that's going to happen in the SBL is that they will be like we saw last season there, Mark Mida, outrunning players from the half line. And just because he was fast when he was ruled offside. Uh, I mean? That's what Terence is saying, but just these yeah. kind of players that see like players that play off play off the last shoulder they and the defender. Yeah. I, that, that's, that, I mean that's really good. That's gonna affect their game. Definitely. Definitely. The, what is it? The majority of times, oh, you're going to be offside. Yeah, and that's that's their game. They beat the beat the men, beat men with pace, catching the counter attack and stuff like that. Me, I, think, me, me. I still think you know it's pretty bizarre bringing it in halfway through a season. It is, Mark, isn't it? Well, I, I, that's I, a I, bit I strange. That. Why, I, why, I, why, I don't know. To be I, honest, I've not got a clue. 
had to wait for clubs to get gate receipts back till the end of the season, and, and, and I, I don't think clubs are going to be paying for this up front. Do you get me? But is it being Because look, they see people we've, we've read earlier on about this with the sky cameras, the sky cameras that they're going to be using, the cameras are going to be there anyway. That's why if it, the game's live in the telly, there'll be mere cameras for VAR. Because Sky cameras are going to be used. Maybe so they have to wait. They have to wait for Bobby Madden so to get his apartment set up. Get the, the password, Duffy. We we Gordon Stratton. We Gavin <laughs> Stratton. Do you know, like it, like it, it has to be. I mean, like if if they're going to be implementing VAR, Mark, sure you're going to do it at the start of the season, not halfway through it. Do you know what I mean? No, uh, it's strange because think, because you know what's going to happen. Whoever wins the league next season. The other oh, they side, the uh, they're going to get back them. about stuff that happened. Oh, see if VAR had been in in September, we'd have got that penalty and got three points there. And you know what it's going to be like. Exactly. But exactly. It's, a bit, it's really, really strange that it's really strange that they've been allowed to do it, Paul, halfway through a season. Because yeah. surely the rules, the rules of your league are set out in stone before the start of your season. I think you have to put, you have to submit. Relegations, Mark, don't you? Too rare. I, I, the I mean, you're basically you're changing the rules of your full entire game mid season. Mm, never could have thought of it that way, actually, yeah. You know, it's. Hey. It is. To be honest, they should have. Uh, up with, up with, up with for thinking, doing there for dancing. I'd say. <laughs> That's all it should be for me. They should have a series, they should have fire for serious foul play and penalties. Leave the offside up to the officials, or else take the officials away. Mm-hmm. What, what's the point in having an official there? You know That's I mean? a good point as well, Terms. But really, know, uh, it really is. You might as well just have somebody standing at the byline, just shouting out, put VARS, telling, telling them, this is this, this is that. You know, if that's the case, like when you're younger, or one fella does the touchline on one side, and one fella does the touchline on the other side. That's all you may as well have. If, you, if, you're, if the, the linesmen aren't doing, doing offsides, you may as well have a Celtic fella doing touch judge on one side, and the Hearts fella doing touch judge on the other side. And when the ball's out, put up the flag. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no point otherwise having... If they're not going to flag for normal offsides and allow that to be the case, and every time it is, it's a VAR thing or this. For me, it's a serious foul play and a penalty. Other than that, it should be. It should be. The the beauty about all sport is there's human error in this. Sometimes mm-hmm. the referee gets it right in your eyes. Sometimes they get it wrong. You know what I mean? It, I tell that's what I was saying earlier. If you've got to allow for that human error, even when the referee's going out to look at replays, just because you can blow it all down and look at it from all different angles, you've still got to look at it from the kind of perspective, basically your human eye kind of idea. Keep, try, and keep, try and keep the game as try and keep the game as what the game should be. You know, as you say, it's like penalties, like serious penalties, or red cards, or stuff like that. But not just oh, because you slow it down and you can zoom right in. Look, you can see that you can see his toe sticking near that line that we've drawn onto a computer screen. Right, that gold Disney stand. It's just a lot of nonsense. No, you know I'm here as well. You know, you know that, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I said, do you know I'm here as well? <laughs> the two of you. <laughs> I couldn't miss you. It takes a lot to shut you up. Do you know what? You know what I was just thinking, man. Just by, just by you're talking about that, how, how it never was used in the penalty shootout to see if the keeper came off the line. Oh, see, that's that as well. That's, 
somebody will start doing that now, Paul. No, yeah, but I mean, uh, somebody somewhere will come out with that, and then you, you'll honestly you'll get a, somebody will score a goal for a corner, Paul, and they'll get disallowed because the ball wasn't in the weak kind of corner quarter circle thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, stuff like that. That's the kind of road that you're going to end up getting down. Like not, Do you remember, this, this is actually the first time I actually ever saw something like this. I think it was um, an under-18s game, I think it was an Ireland game. And uh, the former City player, yeah, the goalkeeper got sent off, Mark, yeah. in the middle of a penalty shootout. Because he yeah. came off his line, the referee gave him his second bucket and sent him off yeah. in the middle of a penalty shootout. Isn't and he it? He left qualifier. it was a cha- qualifier for the champions. It was the playoff qualifier, yeah. and and the referee then made him substitute a player to take off a player and bring on the substitute keeper. And called up line after the match, the the other manager was like, "When did this rule come into effect here? Do you know what I mean that you got a booking for coming off your line? This was, it was I think the referee got suspended for the next." Uh, game the European Championships of it and I never like saw something like that in football because it was the first time I actually ever saw a player getting booked in the penalty shootout and being sent off. You know for coming off his line, the referee booked him. Well yeah you know? young lad was in bits, he was only about sixteen I think He was yeah, he was in bits in fairness. Yeah, you know I they were going mad in the studio watching as well. It was like it was But it, it wasn't was the rules Terrence, you know it wasn't a rule to book the, the goalkeeper for coming off his line and they were looking and going like, the commentary like were just here, were, were just looking at it going did they know what was going on actually ha- yeah, 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 Patrick Patrick McLaughlin on the chat saying FIFA want to make it American friendly and that seems to be so, kind of aye I even seen I don't know if it was true Paul but I just popped up on Twitter the other day they were talking about bring, instead they throw ins will bring in kick-ins some leads are trying it. Some so leagues are trying to try that out or something like that. I, you know how I feel about the, the, the war in Ukraine because it's, 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 it's close to the Vonica's family. But when I was watching the, them play the Open Championships and I was watching them play the playoffs against G, the one was the comments made by, by Graham Soon is that Ukraine shouldn't be playing this game. They should be going straight through to the the, the, the World Cup, anyway. And then, throughout the whole Nations League, all the Ukrainian players come out with their flags around them. No other countries that do that come out with your flags around you. Do you know what I mean? And wh- wh- why are they left? Like, they're always saying, politics don't come into football, like, they shouldn't be left. Do you know what I mean? I know what's happening is wrong, but... It, 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 but just, that's what it's Paul that's just what it suits them when they say politics yeah. but politics have been linked for years Paul because it's a working man well it used to be a working man's game but you had all mm-hmm. different guys for different backgrounds and different working men like just normal working working men and then you middle class guys that get into the game and that, but they were all just fans of the same thing but I mean, people go and keep foot, keep politics through the football when, when the Green Brigade get any bother their banners and stuff like that. And I always put up the, the picture of Celtic and Barcelona holding up the thing when Nelson Mandela died. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that, because, right, I fear those Nelson Mandela was a great man and he'd done a lot of good in his life. He'd done a lot of bad in his life probably as well, but it was for, the, it was for his, his aims, his political views and st- stuff like that. So you can't have it both ways. Yeah, 
but at, at the same time, Paul, sorry to cut across you, and not to be controversial, but like the Russian football teams, the soccer teams, a lot of those guys didn't do anything wrong, but they're no, all that's what I'm saying. No. They shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been, that's what they shouldn't have been. Like, these are players who, a lot of these players in, in the Russian league are playing across Europe as well. They're playing the Polish league. Do you know what I mean? These players have done nothing. Is there not a lot of Russians like in America with the basketball yes. and the ice hockey yes. and stuff like that as well? I mean, they got suspended. See, that's, see, that's, again, that's, that's a kind of political war. And these yeah, guys like are innocent. I don't mean the victims as in the way people getting shot, but these other these yeah. sportsmen are basically victims of the same kind of thing. Exactly, we have to afraid to come out and speak against this. Do you get me? Larson's son leaves the crowd he was with to go mm-hmm. back. I don't know, is it Sweden or somewhere he went to play? He's gone on loan or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he came up on loan, yeah. yeah. They can obviously leave now because obviously, obviously there's obviously must be some agreement there that they can go and play football elsewhere for the time being or whatever because Obviously, they don't know how long it's going to last. But it, no, it's it. I can understand. I can understand the 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 support behind the uh, the Ukraines and what's happening and the whole lot. It's 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 horrific. But at the same time, the the, the Russian teams like the Spartak Moscow's and these. Uh, do you know what I mean? They, to me, to me, they're all been penalised as well for something that a lot of them, a lot of them might have. No time for it. I'd be disgusted that it's occurring as well. But maybe a lot is due to security as well, teams travelling about and yeah, kind of things. But, I mean, see, 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 I'm going to see, see if I go to Master Saturday and that now, right? See, because of COVID, you stopped getting like, saying a piece, shaking hands and that. But we started doing it the other day, just praying for different things every week. Couldn't go to that. So if you this started in Ukraine, instead of shaking hands and that we just we pray for peace in Ukraine right and it, but right obviously I pray for peace in Ukraine but not just for the Ukrainians I pray for, pray for like the Russian soldiers and I pray for guys like you're in Palestine and Israel young guys because let's face it these guys that are on these wars are not getting shot it's young guys yeah. it's, it's, I mean I'm 48 I'd be old enough to have a kid that could be away fighting in a war that really it's really it's nothing to do with him. It's, does it really affect his life as such that he's going to go away and try and shoot other people and try and, and maybe the chance of him getting shot? So it's not for me when it comes to stuff like that. There's right and wrong at the political level, but I'd look at it for the kind of human level, Paul. For both yeah, sides of the story, it's, it's, there's there's a lot of Russians. Aye, there's a lot of there's a lot of young Russian men that will have died mm-hmm. during this war. There's a lot of Ukrainian, mm. mate, young Ukrainian. Do you get what I mean? So, victims of war, man. Yeah, aye. And really, Paul, it's all, it's all down to the kind of big wig politics. Down to making money. That's all they care about is how to make money. Mm-hmm. The normal soldiers and that mean nothing to these people. And it's, they might feel sorry for. I mean, it's even, right, this is a bit maybe late at night again. It's like when the poppy thing comes up every year, Paul. See, for like, right, I've said to you, Paul, I watch a lot of these like documentaries about World War Two and that on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets me is, these young boys didn't have a chance. They didn't have a choice. They get forced to go and fight the Germans, and the Germans get forced to go and fight them and shoot each other in their fields in the middle of France and all these places. At the, at the end of the day, it means nothing. But all these young men that didn't have a choice get sent away to fight for nothing. It's a later on stuff with the poppy I, I don't agree with. Exactly. But, but it goes back to the likes of World War Two and that. And you, 
to both sides. It's just young men's lives, families destroyed, and they had no choice in doing it. They get sent just as carrying for them. They seem that the the I don't like about the poppy market that they're celebrating as well the killings up in the north. Uh, that's hit, Paul. That's hit, that, but it uh, never used to be like that. Yeah, exactly. It was always about the victims of Rockham as well. It was all the old boys, like like Jack, Papa, Jack's grandfather fought in the Second World War. He didn't have a choice. He got fucking sent. Mm-hmm. you get what exactly. I mean? He didn't sign up. He didn't go and do the sign up and say, right, I'm going to here a wee holiday on an island and we'll shoot some paddies or... Out of Iraq, out of Iraq, and we'll shoot. Do you get what I mean? All these wars mean it's all just down to money and power with these select few, and it's all normal, these scummy normal guys in the street that end up losing their life for it. Mhm, mhm. Well, yeah, and it's it's like it's like you said, Mark. It, this this that that flower is synonymous with the two world wars. That's what it's synonymous. It's not synonymous with anything else. And the the reason the reason being is obviously where the the no man's land was, where all the the blowing up of the when there was bombs going off left, right, and centre, they blew all the it blew all the poppy seeds up, and when the when the war finished, the, the fields where the battles run, the poppy grew there. So that's the reason that that's synonymous with the two wars. It has nothing to do with any of the rest of the stuff. Is it that's why McLean did where it was it because it got sourced with it's the It's been hijacked up, yeah, exactly. because you know why this was set up game. This was set, the right, all this, the Erla Hague fund, it's called the actual poppy. This was all set up to help all these old soldiers. But mm-hmm. the, the war finished in 1945. They were running out of all the, these old soldiers. So they had to move on and say, oh, it's just going to be anybody that served in the army. And that's yes. when it became kind of ostracised. They've been kind of mm-hmm. hijacked with just everything to do with any soldier. And that is, Tern says, that isn't the way it was kind of meant to be. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. that very last episode of Blackadder. I mean, that's what it's a brilliant telly programme, yeah. but see the very last... That totally sums it up. But just done, go, and, go and run into the guns. Do you get what I mean? It's just unbelievable. We own both mm-hmm. sides. When it says it's just young guys who could be our kids or anything, and they're just getting sent away to use, use this cannon fodder or things like oil or whatever, gas and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll uh, I'm uh, a bit heavy there, lad. Sorry about that. Uh, that was uh, Paul's fault. Determines. I don't know how we went from Bobby Mad now to the, the freaking poppy fields. You know that. Uh, oh, you were you were talking about your crane, like Veronica's family and that being close by and that. No, so uh, thanks to Terence. Uh, thanks to, to all you guys in the live chat for for tuning in. Uh, Mark, will close the shop. Right, thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for joining us at short notice again, Terms. All the lads that joined us in the live chat, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. So I hope, hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, so, good night. Hail, hail. God bless. Remember, hit the like button and leave a comment if you know how to. Thanks a lot. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.